Hello and welcome to episode 133 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode is called That's the Spirit. Because we've been blessed with another Ace Attorney game. Spirit of Justice, specifically. Yep. It's been out for like, what, a week? Two. Actually, yeah. It's been about a week. So I, I imagine it's a situation where you haven't fully played it yet, so you're like more early. Yeah, I've definitely done with more than half the game. And while I definitely can't talk about it, I feel for these kind of games, you definitely want to... I want to wait... Well... I will give a verdict, essentially, just like they do in the game, where they give verdicts at the end of the trial. I will give a verdict See, once folks, I'm completely I'm not done. the only one that over-explains our jokes. I will give a verdict <laughs> on the next episode as to whether I feel I will fully wholeheartedly recommend this game, because I feel the way these novel games end really makes a difference. That makes sense. So like everything comes pass. together, yeah. Cause... This is like gathering the evidence yeah. to reach the verdict later. Basically. And, you know, you mentioned, like, next episode will do that, but it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of this episode is dictated by what we were saying last episode, too, where, uh, like, we conclu- I feel like we concluded last episode that there was probably going to be some sort of bombshell news from Nintendo. At the time, we thought it would be the NX reveal. Um, it just kind of seemed like it would be because, you know, Tokyo Game Show is going on right now, and it all lined up nicely. But instead, the bombshell actually came by way of a surprise appearance at the Apple event where Nintendo, uh, for iPhone 7, where Nintendo unveiled a full Mario game for iOS with Miyamoto on stage and everything. So, uh, I don't know, that seems like the most Nintendo-y thing to be like, oh, everyone's expecting us to reveal the NX, so instead we're just going to go crash Apple's conference and have our own thing. But the point I'm making is, um, because of that, they're now fully in like the spirit of their, you know, the uh, that's the spirit with their uh, IP expansion and their mobile expansion. When you put Mario on something, that's a big deal, and that's a big part of episode two. So... To kind of bring this all together, this episode's about Phoenix, this episode's about Mario, this episode's about the Pokemon Go news from the Apple event, this episode's about Pokemon Sun and Moon stuff that's kind of interesting and different, including maybe the return of Pokemon Snap in a weird way, and some NPD numbers. So, uh, for those who want to listen to a specific thing, use the timestamp. For those who want to hear it all, we're jumping right in. But before we get to Mario, actually, oh. that's that's the big one. I feel like Mario, like Super Mario Run is a big deal. But before we get to that, I did kind of want to talk about the thing Nintendo didn't announce, which was the NX. Oh? Yeah, so I feel like, like I was saying, I feel like there's kind of this, there's this general sentiment that like, oh, the NX will probably be revealed the week of Tokyo Game Show. All the press are there. It's in Nintendo's home country. You think so? Did they ever reveal anything at Tokyo Game Show? The Wii controller in 2005. Oh. When it was still the revolution. They surprised everyone outside the journalists that knew they were going to go try it. And just one night, like a night or two before Tokyo Game Show, it was just out of nowhere. It was all over the internet. All right, so... Is that trailer controller. where, like, the controller rises out, like... The, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. The, that was... That was Tokyo Game Show. Pretty basically. memorable video. Yeah, but it, uh... But do they ever reveal... I mean, not that that isn't big, but anything, like, a console scale? Like, the... I mean, the they just a controller. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't I mean, feel like well, that was important. the thing. That was, well, keep in mind. I mean, that that was the whole purpose of the yeah, Wii. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Like, they didn't have a full package. But keep in mind that E three back in May of that year, they revealed the actual console. But then they said the controller is the real key to it. We'll show you at a later time, and then out of nowhere, they're like, "Here it is, the controller, the thing that actually matters." Um, and in past years, they've used that mid September week here in the states to announce the Wii pricing in tw- in two thousand six, the Wii U pricing in twenty uh, twelve, I guess the. Uh, DS back in 2004. Like, that's their kind of magic window. So it seemed like NX was going to be then. Or something. Or something. And then it right. it wasn't, which of course led to the internet, as it always does, to do these stupid hot take articles where it's like, oh, well, if the NX wasn't there, clearly there's a problem. Here's my hot assessment of the situation. 
And I think the, the, the piece that really jumped out at me that I kind of want to harp on for a minute here, it's a bit of a rant, but it came from Forbes, where a contributor decided that because Nintendo's doing things differently than what the game industry tends to do, it must mean the NX is delayed. Because we thought we'd hear about the NX, and then we didn't. We're not wrong. Nintendo's wrong. And it's just like... We have a link to the blog post in um, the... We have a link to the Forbes blog post in our blog post around Nintendo.com for stuff, so for those who do want to read the article... But it just like we're in this age where you can kind of buck the the status quo. I feel like like we're in a generation where there are mid cycle console updates. PS4 Pro was announced just the other week. Obviously, Xbox has Project Scorpio. These are things no one's ever done. So to then be like, well, if Nintendo's not doing the NX by this, that, and the next thing, clearly they're having trouble. That seems weird to me. Like the the reason I bring it up is like the contributor on this whole thing. Where, like, the NX doesn't have a trade show to be demoed at. So because there's no demo at a trade show, clearly it's not going to be ready by March. Clearly they're going to delay it so they can bring it to E3 because it wasn't at Tokyo Game Show. And it's like, I don't I don't know. I mean, like, we... I feel like we've said this before, but I don't know if trade shows are is important anymore. I mean, granted, this is I the mean, first... clearly Nintendo doesn't think so. Yeah, and so. this is the first time Nintendo wanted to do it. He's right. Like... The Wii U was at multiple E3s. The Wii was at one E3 playable. DS was at one E3 playable. 3DS was at one E3 playable. Like, it, it, I get his point, but, like, it seems like the where Nintendo is choosing to announce news, for example, going to Apple's event and announcing news there instead of doing it at a trade show. Granted, that was Mario, not the NX, but that sort of thing where it's like they set their own pace. That works for them. Like, look at Apple, like the prime example. Ever since the 90s, they've had the own, their own events on their own terms. IPad, the uh, iPod was announced like in a small conf, like in a small theater inside Apple's headquarters on a random day. They just brought some press, showed it to them, and then it grew from there. What's to say NX can't do that? Like, It's not that hard for Nintendo to just gather the press and send them somewhere, and then once it's on the internet, it'll spread like wildfire. You don't need a trade show anymore. They're kind of less important. Yeah. Maybe for the public, sure, but the, E3 was never for the public. Nintendo's never rare, rarely given a console to people before its debut, like public people before its debut. So that just seemed, that kind of is like, I, I don't know, that seems a little silly. And there was also this argument that I've been seeing online, both in the Forbes article and elsewhere, that it can't be coming out in March because the console never comes out in March. The last time a home console came out in March, which is true, was PS2 back in 2000. In Japan. Oh, well, that's maybe, true. Maybe the trend. The PS2 was very successful. I know. That's the thing. Maybe they're like, huh. Yeah. So either, so either, and N64 came out in March, I believe, in like Europe in like 1996 or 7. So yeah. it has happened before. But Nintendo does have a history of releasing things in the spring when you look at the handhelds. And the NX, if the rumors are to be believed, is handheld first, console second. It's a hybrid that you mostly take with you. So, you, you know, you got just off the top of my head here. There's uh, the 3DS launched in March of 2011, I believe. You got the DSi a few years before that in April of 2009. You had the Game Boy Advance SP going further back in, or no, wait, you had the DS Lite in May, in June of 2006. You had the Game Boy Advance SP in March of 2003. You had the, um, what am I forgetting? Oh yeah, uh, no, that's it. Uh, and the original Game Boy Advance, that's what it was. The original Game Boy Advance in June. All these handhelds, all Nintendo's successful handhelds, excluding the DS, came out during not-holiday months in the first half of the year. So saying NX in March is not going to happen because that doesn't make sense, Nintendo's a proven track record where it does make sense. So, again, not that crazy and not reason to think there's doom and gloom. 
Now, the one point that I've been seeing floating around that I wanted to touch on um, was that the long... This came from The Verge, not Forbes. But the longer people don't hear about the NX, the harder it is for people who are developers that aren't on the inside track of the ND, uh, you know, the uh, NDAs and all that and don't already know what it is, the harder it will be for them to make games for the system in a timely manner for its launch. That is valid. But most of the big developers are under NDA, and those that aren't can still bring their games. They're just missing launch. So, like... It's not like we're talking it's going to have zero games. Yes, it's more limited. Yes, that's stupid in town to not give the opportunity for more people to make more games. But it, we're not, it's not like it's all or nothing, which is what some articles are saying. Like, oh, it's only going to be Nintendo games? No. The reason the rumors are out there, the reason we know things like uh, it's going to be a hybrid, it's going to be primarily portable, is because people under these NDAs who are already making games and they aren't at Nintendo are leaking this information. So... There, there are people making games. So, like, this whole thing, it feels like they're building up a straw man just to find another way to be like, oh, Nintendo's doomed. It just is kind of annoying. So that's my hot take on hot takes. But, uh... and it, oh, well, you know, well, I mean, just leave it to people to be really passionate about the next right now. And it makes sense. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. really... I'm just done with rumors. I just don't even want to listen to them. I just want the info out already. But, yeah, I, I guess, I I guess mean, it's just six months away. Really, that close to the supposed launch? It's it's the official launch until Nintendo delays it, which I don't mm. think they will. Because let's let's be frank, Nintendo has nothing in choice. Like they have three, two or three, three well, games. They literally took away the only good thing they had going for this year. Yeah, away. So yeah, Breath of the yeah. Wild's gone. They have two or three three DS games. So if they delay the NX and Breath of Fire with or Breath of the Wild, Breath of Fire, <laughs> Breath of the, if they delay Capcom's Breath of Fire, well, who heads will roll? No, but if they delay Breath of the Wild. And with the NX, if the NX were to get delayed, what are they? Gonna, what will sustain them in 2017? They got nothing except a Pikmin spinoff, a Mario sports game for 3DS, and I don't even remember the third one. There is a third one, but it didn't make that. Uh, oh, Dragon uh, Quest VIII. <laughs> like, that's Lost about Oasis? it. Lost Oasis? Oh, Dragon and uh, uh, Ever Oasis, yeah. Ever Oasis. None of those are going to sustain. Quest? Dragon Quest VIII, yeah, I already got that. Dragon Quest VII just came out, but Dragon Quest VIII got delayed until next year. But my point is, like, none of those are going to be able to sustain them. And Yoshi? we're in... Hmm? Did you say Yoshi? Well, that's a port. But okay, yeah, more my point. Yeah, Yo- well, I mean, Yoshi Bully World for 3DS is not going to replace the NX. They still need the Yoshi NX. and Poochie. Yeah, Poochie and Yoshi. Whichever. <laughs> yeah, it, it matters. Poochie's the real star of that game. But uh, no, but my point is like news spreads on the internet like crazy. I know I kind of already said that, but like they can do it when they want, how they want, and people will care. And Nintendo's been in this habit of bucking their usual patterns. So relax, internet. You will get your NX when you get it. It's honestly kind of... We've been talking about the NX for like a year. And it's kind of fun. It's fun to be in this weird... It gets old. But there's a period there where it's really fun to be in this little bubble where you don't quite know what's going on. And there's all speculation. You can have all these conversations with people and like have fun letting your imagination run wild. Only to most likely be disappointed at the end. But... These little moments. Well, only you... because we've been left so long to speculate. Yeah. I mean, the right. longer you let us daydream about it, the higher... crazier we yeah. get. But even that, like, just this little window here where a company just lets this air of mystery kind of linger is very rare. So it's kind of nice to be able to soak it up while we can. So I'm, I'm not saying they should never announce it. I would like to see it announced. But like, relax. Nintendo closes the doors on its business. Yeah, like right re- before. Basically, yeah. But relax, internet. It will be announced. Just. I'm here. People are now saying October. I don't know if these people know anything, but did like, you say September at some point? I did. I just owned up to that at the start yeah. of my rant. Where I was like, I thought it'd be September. Everyone did, but like it'll happen. Just relax, internet. And and like I was starting to say, Nintendo's bucking their trends, so you shouldn't judge how what they've done in the past at all with how they're doing in the future. I mean, 
NES Classic was not something they do years ago. Uh, Pokemon Go certainly, certainly. I it's mostly Pokemon Company, but Nintendo making, games. Yeah, Nintendo making the accessory for competitors' hardware that 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 they wouldn't have done. Mario Run they wouldn't have done. Like this is a new Nintendo. This is a different Nintendo. Give them a chance here. It will work out. That's my rant. I would love them to change their name to New Nintendo. New Nintendo. Nintendo Two Point. New <laughs> Super Nintendo Bros. But uh, that does bring us to Mario Run, though. Thank you for indulging that rant. Um, yeah. So Super Mario Run is I. Were you following the press? Well, you don't really. Were you following the press conference live for Apple when the keynote for the iPhone? Honestly, stopped the moment they were going to announce the iPhone Seven. No, no, no. But were you watching it yeah, live in the morning when? Oh no! I just watched it later. So I was sitting at my desk at work, and I was talking. I was like, kind of had an eye on. I didn't have the live feed. I had the live blogs like right, written out. And I was kind of like had an eye on that, talking to people. Out of my eye, I see a photo of Tim Cook with Mario behind him, and I, I that was one of the few times I've been gen- genuinely shocked in a good way, like genuinely surprised by something. Like I literally was like in mid. I was in mid sentence talking to someone, and I went, "What?" Mario and like I was holding my phone like tossed it on the desk and like hold on and I was like I'll get back to you and like spun my chairs like watch it like I was so caught up nerd mode engaged no pretty much like I mean everyone at work knows I am but it was like I have not been that genuinely surprised by something in a very long time so that was a really cool moment for for me at least (laughs) just because like I like when Nintendo surprises me or anyone surprises me and I like Apple and I like Nintendo and then you saw the game and you're like oh I'm surprised that they did it but then I'm not surprised by anything else. Well, the game was what everyone was telling them to do for years, but what I have to give Nintendo credit for is they're not half-assing it like they could have. It actually looks like they're putting some effort into it. So, well, well, I guess we should just break down what the game, all what it all is. Like, on the surface level, you're right. It's not a surprise at all. It looks a lot like those running games already exist. I feel like when we talked about it before we started recording, you were comparing it to Rayman. That's a game that it seems more like, because Rayman, I mean, they called it, uh, actually, I don't even know if they ever called it an endless runner, but I just remember seeing Rayman or no, no, no. Well, um, the Rayman's Mar- not no, 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 Mario Run. Oh, but uh, it half is and half isn't. We'll get to that. Well, yeah, because um, well, first they explained that it's not an endless run. Like, you have like set levels that take you to a course or whatever, and then you go world by world for Mario Run. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's then, the world, the world map. map. That's yeah. uh, there's a name for it. World something. Sorry, camp- let's just call it campaign. And it has like a real name. <laughs> world tour. All right. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Rayman, yeah, Rayman's the exact same thing. You have levels, you have a goal. It's, I don't know. What's well, interesting about Rayman... They're literally versus, identical. Yeah, it's, it's like... And this is what people are saying Nintendo should do, but what's interesting about Rayman is that that one's actually played horizontally and this one's played vertically. So Nintendo's taking this weird tack, this weird angle. It's such a marketing thing. You do use both hands on Rayman, though. Yeah, and you don't on this. Yeah, I do want to be able to eat a banana or whatever. It's a hamburger. Or an apple. Eat an apple, eat a hamburger, lift a weight, ride a subway. Those are Miyamoto's go-to four examples of why you need Mario single-handed gameplay. Yeah. Subway, I get. I mean, it could work. Burger, I mean, less so. Mario, weight, I don't exercise. Mario so. Simplicity <laughs> do sound like they go nice well together. Well, I mean, it's... But I do love Rayman Run or Rayman Fiesta Run yeah. or whatever versions they came out with. They were just... It, there was Jungle Run and Fiesta Run. Yeah, yeah. they were just really well-made really well made yeah and and um but it's interesting because like it seems like they're going for they're going for slightly different approaches here like ubisoft is like let's make a full game for iphone and it seems like nintendo's literally going like let's make an iphone first mario experience which means one-handed which means all you do is tap to jump and he's moving on his own he can even go over small emmys by himself and stuff too but like the it longer was kind you... of frustrating to see him run at that pace i'm not gonna lie but a little 
Yeah. But there's all sorts of stuff they didn't show in the trailer. It's kind of interesting. Well, yeah, I so, mean, I'm, I'm going to assume there's going to be a mode where he's, like, running at his typical full speed. I, maybe. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, even just the way he runs is going to change. So, like, all you do to control it, as I think anyone that's seen the game knows, is you just tap to jump, and the longer you tap, the higher he jumps. If you jump in midair, like, if you press, if you tap when he's already in the air, he actually does kind of that hover, freeze When you shake thing. the Wii mode or Yeah, exactly. Whatever. He does that. And what's interesting is, I didn't know about this until I was reading impressions from, like, IGN and a few others that played it, but there are items. Like, there are blocks you can hit with Mario or jump onto with Mario that will actually affect how he moves. So one will turn his jump into a backflip, so you can actually start going the other way. So they'll actually have, like, coins you need to get where you need to zigzag your way backwards, sort of, by well, continuing I mean, backflipping. And in one of the like demos, they saw that kind of like in similar to Fiesta Run or Rayman, like, they, yeah. well, I guess in the Mario game, they just have some blocks that were literally just pointing backwards, and as long as you were standing on those and you jump... You go backwards. Yeah. Yeah, but, so, so I mean, I guess that's not that unique, but my, my point is, like, it's not just, like, you tap and you jump and he keeps moving forward. They're actually adding some variety. Well, yeah, I mean, there were some parts where, like, the the demo just had the, well, the demo just had Mario run straight, but above him, you could see that there was a whole other path. Yeah. Like, oh, just want to jump your way up there, get the Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, it seems like what Nintendo's doing, they keep making this point, like, oh, it's Mario one-handed, da, 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 but regardless of that, what they ultimately seem to be doing is they're making a game that casuals can play on a casual level, but then Mario fans, there's gonna be some meat on the bone for them. It's still not as much of a Mario as, say, a real Mario, but, uh, you know, there's something there that you, there actually be some skill involved or some trials or some tribulations or whatever yeah it does look really fun I'll it does it yeah and like all the features i mean we kind of talked about it a little but all this gameplay is actually split into two modes which in terms kind of outlined and the world tour is the most rayman jungle run fiesta run of the bunch that is like you said you go level level whatever um you just have to get to the flag before time runs out the one i'm actually more into and what i think is gonna be really cool is the uh toad rally mode where you are. This is where the endless runner comes in. This is the only time they've ever, ever described it as an endless runner. The other one set stages, but in this one, you're running until time runs out as far as you can get. They're doing it against a friend through asynchronous multiplayer or a stranger. So you will start the course and start running, and then you actually see a like ghost of the other person doing the same thing. It's a lot like how Mario Maker did it, where you can see where people die in the stage, but this one's actually kind of head to head. So it's not like a mind-blowingly innovative idea, but Mario's never quite done it like this. And you get rewarded if you do more daring jumps and more daring moves and whatnot by uh, little toads will pop <clears throat> will pop up on the bottom of the screen. The more toads you get, both if, if, uh, influence your score, so you can actually not get as far as someone but still beat them if the toads stack your score high enough. At least that's what it looks like. And more importantly, they factor into this weird third mode called the Mushroom Kingdom where you can create your own Mushroom Kingdom. No idea exactly what that... Um, entails but but i do like like i'm this is a weird comment i don't think i ever anyone's ever said this sentence i'm a sucker for asynchronous multiplayer <laughs> like i love the idea that i can compete against you or against someone else and be able to <laughs> on do my it time. on my time on my terms when i have a moment and we don't have to like sync up we don't have to plan it it's just like it's like words with friends but it's mario and that's kind of cool and fun and and fun Word for friends is was fun for I mean, two years. Into words spelling. and yeah. friends. I'm into words and friends, so why not combine it? Yeah. No, but um. Do you still play it? No, I haven't played in like a year. No. But you know they just add it inside of iMessage. You know how iMessage has apps on iOS 10. You can actually play Word for friends in a chat window now. Like as you're texting your friend, you could be playing. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna win me back, but it's an interesting idea. 
You just try it. Okay. Do it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So I, uh, the Mushroom Kingdom mode is the one thing we already know about, though. Um, yeah, that. I definitely yeah. So that the works. toads will live in your Mushroom Kingdom, the ones you collect. The coins you earn will all factor into the Mushroom Kingdom. But I don't know what the Mushroom Kingdom does exactly. Like all the other stuff makes perfect sense. Like World Tour introduces new level components. Those level components are then put into Toad Rally. So the further you get in single player, the, the more you see in multiplayer. Like Sims but or what is Mushroom Kingdom? You get to build little houses and keep them happy. Like perhaps like Roller Coaster Tycoon, except it's, except it's a little toads. Mushroom Kingdom, and I don't know. I, I I have no idea. Unless it's like a child garden and you have to raise the toads and eventually you can have little competitions with the toads and then it becomes a toad-centric game. Then you have a whole other I toad I would play app. that. I, I like the sound of that more no, than your roar coaster like tycoon. Toad mania. I don't know what they could call it. Toad garden. Um, <laughs> Just rip off Sega whole. Fun, gu- fun guys. Uh, well, the fun guys already exist. They'll be in Color Splash when it comes out in a couple of weeks. That's Paper Mario Color yeah. Splash coming this October. I swear I'm not a show for Nintendo. No, but... uh. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the, the the Mushroom Kingdom thing is perhaps... Like, Toad Rally seems coolest to me, but the thing I'm actually most intrigued by is Mushroom Kingdom, part, partly because we don't know what it is, and partly because of who's in charge of it. So Miyamoto was saying in an interview with um, someone, IGN maybe, that uh, Hideki Kono is the guy that's running the Mushroom Kingdom part of the game. You may not know the name Hideki Kono, but... He has a very big influence on the games you've played. He's in charge of Mario Kart entirely. He He's like Nintendo's online gameplay guru. Oh, you he's, pointed him out at E3 once. I did. We saw him at Best Buy when Nintendo did um, the E3 experience at Best Buy, yes. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, so he's the guy that made Nintendo, you know, the Mario Kart channel in Mario Kart Wii, uh, Mario Kart TV, Mario Kart 8, all that stuff and all the like most interesting uses of Nintendo Wi-Fi connection and then eventually Nintendo Network, that's him. He's also the guy that's in charge of their mobile initiatives as a whole. Like, anything they do on smartphones, he's the head guy. Back in the day, he used to do Mario World, Mario 3, that sort of thing. So to bring him back to do his Mushroom Kingdom thing, you got the guy that has the Mario expertise from the old days. And he also happens to be the guy that has the online and interesting social play ideas. And he's hanging up this new Mushroom Kingdom thing. That, to me, makes it sound extremely interesting. Hmm. I don't know what it will be. It's probably like what you're describing, but the fact that it's him, I'm on board pretty much immediately. No, it, it, it sounds promising. Yeah. It's also noteworthy that... Um, so, like I said, he did Mario World, he did Mario 3, he did Yoshi's Story, he did Yoshi's Island. Um, but it's also interesting, and this is something Mimo did say to IGN specifically, that he's not the only like veteran Mario guy involved in this game. Like Nintendo's actually putting some of their top people on this. It's not a quick cash in. It's not strictly a marketing thing. They're actually trying. So it's Kono, it's Miyamoto, and on top of that, it's also Takashi Tezuka. Takashi Tezuka has been the director of all the new Super Mario Brothers series from 2006 till now, and he's been making Mario games since the NES Marios. In fact, I did some digging last week. I tweeted this. Someone that follows me has already heard this, but... He and Kono, this is the first time the two of them, Tezuka and Kono, have worked on a Mario game together since Mario World. I guess you could count Yoshi's Island, sort of. But it's been 20 plus years since the two of them have together made a Mario game, and they are back making one together with Mario Run. Have they made some non-Mario games together? I think Yoshi Story, Yoshi Island. So kind of Yoshi Island, I mean, that was was supposed to be... It's Super Mario World 2 in name only because they wanted to 
cross brand it. But Uh, yeah, the last true Mario game they made together is my all time favorite Mario game, Mario World. So that alone, the fact that we got the like those two making Mario Run has got me. I don't care what Mario Run is in terms of gameplay, but that they're involved and Miyamoto himself is involved too. It's like my interest is very high based strictly on that. So you already can you? Oh, you can't pre-order it. I guess you get to notify me or what? yes, yes. So they don't have a pre-purchase equivalent. Yeah, it's it's they do it's the notify thing and that that's what's kind of interesting is like apple seems to know like like i'm making it sound like this a big deal that these guys are working together and nintendo's obviously making a big deal in the sense of like oh it's our first ios game with mario we're gonna release stickers on imessage we're gonna promote it like crazy the website's already up but even apple seems to think this is a huge deal that notify thing that you're talking about like for pre-orders so to speak they've never done that on the app store before they have never on the App Store promoted a game you could not download right then and there or an app that you could download right then and there. The fact that it was the featured app, like on the top banner and under Games We Love, and is still under Games We Love with the iPhone 7 launcher, there's going to be a ton of ton more eyeballs on that landing page. They've never done that before. Either the game's out or it's not in the App Store. This is new for them. And I think that wow. really speaks to how big of a deal this is. They had Tim Cook quoted in Nintendo's press release about Mario Run. Tim Cook does not randomly go like, Sure, random app developer. Let me put my let me write you a quote for your press release. Like it's this is big. I mean, obviously it's big when they bring Miyamoto on stage at the start of a press conference, and the biggest applause of the entire keynote was for Mario and Miyamoto among Apple fans. The Apple fans cheered loudest. Mm, Nintendo for that. almost stole the show. Yeah, they it became a Nintendo Direct because they had Mario and they had Pokemon, which we'll get to in a bit. But it was weird. Like it was great. They hijacked it. And I loved it. As someone who loves both companies, this was perfect for me. But it was just like, yeah, it became a Nintendo Direct. But yeah, my to your point though about like the pre-order thing, yeah. So I of course have notif- I set the notification. I set within thirty seconds of it going live. Like I saw the App Store's tweet, and I'm like, boom, done. I mean, but, I'm sure you'll know the moment it's live. Whether of course yeah. I will. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for it though. Like I don't expect it to be like, you know, the craziest thing ever. But it does look fun and it has some real talent behind it and it shows that Nintendo's actually putting a lot of effort into this I mean, thing. At the end of the day, that's all it really needs to be, just a, a fun iPhone game you could play. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's all I really want. Yeah. I that... definitely don't want something that will keep me playing it for like I would even say like over 15 minutes really, because after that, well, not only will you be draining a ton of battery, but I feel like if I'm already that, if I'm already spending that much time on the phone, then I should already be at home or not on my phone. And I think that's honestly why... Like, I should never be on my phone for that long. That's why I got rid of her thumb from there. Right. And I think, honestly, that's what's so sort of subtly genius about this Mario Run thing is Nintendo's catering it to smartphones. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's so simple, it's so dumbed down. But, like, it... They're not just phoning it in. This is a game... Uh... No pun intended, no pun intended. But they're not phoning it in. This is a game that they have clearly gone what makes sense for smartphones how can we make it work for smartphones because like i uh miyamoto was saying i think it was with the verge this time in a separate interview but he was making this whole point about like you gotta cater to the audience you gotta build for the platform it's on like the same way that Nintendo makes crazy new things like motion controlled games for the wii or games that use rumble pack and control stick for the first time on n64 the hardware they're working with is iphone the reason they're working with iphone now is strictly because kids <laughs> no well yeah kids no longer he made this is a point i didn't think of but it's a really good point the first video games kids used to play like in our generation were probably on a nintendo system the first kid the first games they play now are on an iphone so nintendo needs to go where they are to like indoctrinate them into the cold mario so to speak 
So when they do that, they need to make it make sense for the platform. The same, he cited like Pokemon Go makes sense on a smartphone because you have the GPS with you at all times. Like Nintendo did stuff with GPS in the past, like the um, BS SNES or whatever it's called, the satellite service. They did all sorts of stuff like that. Never really worked. But when it's built into the phone and you have access to it, make it match up. It makes perfect sense. So similarly, Mario, they're going, okay, how does Mario make sense on a phone? It makes sense when you do it in short very short gameplay that's really easy to play while you're kind of just holding on to something or looking at your phone so one-handed it makes that gimmick seem less gimmicky when you think about like it's catered to that specific situation that specific product so it it does make sense yeah but um i mean usually those are the games that are the best on iphone i mean they have a port of Bioshock on iPhone. I bet you can imagine how that good is. Yeah. That, yeah, how good that is. Yeah, and I mean, on the flip side, like on the complete opposites and like reversing what you're saying, like if Nintendo put Mario Run on a 3DS or Wii, we'd be like, what is this? Why would I spend $40 on this game? It doesn't make sense. And Miyamo said in that same Verge interview, they prototyped this type of Mario for consoles. And it was not something they wanted to do. It didn't make and sense. And you know, like, I could see it. Working on the 3DS and you have the two screens. It's but just, the issue with that it's is gonna like, be outside. it's going to be um, Yoshi Touch and Go 2. Right, and no one liked Yoshi Touch and Go because it was too simple. It was just a now, if Yoshi Touch and Go was on iPhone, it could actually hold its own, I feel like. Yeah. It's all about the context of what the game... The context Especially because of the you'd game. be able to draw clouds yeah. earlier on yeah. the screen. Yeah, yeah so like... Mm-hmm. It's not so much... Because everyone's looking at this like, oh, it's like a dumbed-down Mario. And I would argue, yes, I mean, obviously it is dumbed-down. But it's... Du- it, it, fits its platform so when we play it in december when it comes out we might say oh yeah this would be horrible as a wii u game but it might be perfect for two minutes here two minutes there like you're saying avoiding the 15 minute conundrum where you're playing hearthstone forever and your battery's dying because mario's mate is literally custom made for like two minute bursts yep the one issue i have with it can we please get rid of the new super mario brothers art style they've been using those exact same assets not the music so much, but the visuals they've been using for a decade. The originals New Super Mario Bros. came out in June 2006. It is, or wow. sorry, May 2006. <laughs> Definitely not. New. It is now September 2016. I think we can maybe get a slight tweak of those visuals. I don't know. Cell shade them. Make a Mario World in 3D. I don't care. Just, just we've seen that so many times. I mean, I guess for saving money, but like. For all the things they seem to be doing right with Mario Run and catering it to the platform, that just definitely looks to me like a budget-saving thing. Where it's just like, okay, yeah, uh, yes, that is Mario in 3D. We've seen it a million times. We've heard a bah in the music a million times. Just move on. (laughs) Do something different. Overlay it with something. I don't care. But are we in the minority, actually, when it comes to the iPhone Oh, yeah. most definitely, actually. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I, I get why they're doing it, but it's just oh, yeah. kind of like, for us hardcore No, no, fans, yeah, for us yeah. it sucks, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, we've literally gone through that so many times, but at the end of the day, the majority of people, and like you said, into, in order to indoctrinate all these little kids who's yeah, going to play this for the first time, like, yeah, they're not going to care. It's, if anything, this makes too much sense. Yeah. Which usually Nintendo doesn't do when it makes too much sense. Yeah. But, it's Nintendo. That's true. But the one thing we haven't talked about... So we talked about the game and why, like, it's for the indoctrination. But I feel like, um... Yeah, there's another thing I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. Sorry. I lost my train of thought. Well, well, I'll definitely get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm Unless it's... it's uh, well, I mean, this has set price, so I don't even know... Are you expecting it to be over 10 bucks? 
No, no, no. They'd be double. Yeah, that's seven, the other. Four. That's the other thing I was gonna say. That's kind of interesting. Is they're also staying true very. This whole thing I mean, is Nintendo a, staying very true for your entire. Yeah. Uh, well, what, well, the reason they said that is because Apple just announced subscriptions. You oh, can have yeah. games be subscriptions that you pay monthly now. But what Nintendo's whole point is is like, no, we want it so kids can buy it, play it, and be indoctrinated into the cult, so to speak, or adults, or anyone really. So I, I would be shocked if it's over five. You got to work with them. It, I, I honestly think two ninety nine would might be the max that they can go. Are you going to be? I mean, if you look at well, actually, no, you Apple can do four. You can do four. Yeah, no, it's not going to be one buck. It's too high production. But if you look at like games in the App Store and stuff, there is this threshold where if you pass a certain number, that would be totally reasonable if it was on any other platform in the world. Because it's on a smartphone, people are like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, this is the thing. I want to give a speech at Game Developers Conference years ago. I want to say like 2011, where he was like, we can't let smartphones become the main gaming platform because it'll undermine the Hard value work. of games. Yeah. yeah, it'll undermine everything. It'll be like, why would I pay a $40 game on 3DS when I could get it for $0.99 cents on an iPhone or free on an iPhone? Obviously, times have changed and Nintendo has to do this now. But they, they're probably going to go as close as they can to that limit of what they can get away with without actually passing. But, like, if you look at, like, a Final Fantasy that's ported to iPhone, that's, like, $13, $20. How many of those do you think people buy? How many people do you think buy them? I don't think it's that many because, like, that's a lot of money for a smartphone game. And even though that sentence shouldn't be a thing that is said, like, it shouldn't matter just because it's on a smartphone. It should be cheaper because it's still, you're getting a full Final Fantasy Seven or a full Grand Theft Auto or whatever yeah. it may be, or a full Bioshock, to use your example fact of the matter is like people have it ingrained in their minds that they have to play less so nintendo has to play ball at least as close as they can to the max possible limit so i'm guessing five at most three most likely maybe four we'll see in december that's just kind of my gut yes we will but i did remember the other thing i was gonna say and that is the other thing i was gonna say is that it's funny because this is what people have wanted from nintendo for so long they have gone third party but the thing is they're doing it on their terms Everyone's like, oh, Nintendo needs to develop for other systems. Like, I want Mario on PS4. And Nintendo's like, no, 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 you're right. We do need to develop for other systems now. We need to do the indoctrination. But we're doing it on our terms. We're Nintendo. We do it how we want to do it. Hmm. And, it, I mean, it kind of it kind of makes sense. Like, they, you know, it is Mario on iPhone. It is exactly what people wanted. But it is the Mario on iPhone that is not the full Mario. It is just enough Mario that you will go... Oh hey, I want real Mario, and then possibly go buy an NX and play real Mario. It's the perfect like triple threat. It's a marketing tool to expose Mario. It's a self prof. It's a self revenue generating game because you buy it, and it's a Trojan horse for Nintendo. Mm. And the reason I say that is because Mimo was telling Time Magazine, or at least on their website, that Mario will link to my Nintendo which is something we knew Nintendo's going to do with all their games, but he made it very clear, your friends in Mario Run are your friends on my Nintendo, which means, in theory, but sometime next year, your friends in Mario Run are your friends on Mitomo, your friends on Mario Run. So we already Run. have 50-plus friends on there? In theory. Do you have that many in, Mito- in Mitomo? Oh, did you say it? My oh. Nintendo, not in Town Network. My Nintendo. Oh, never mind that. Yeah, so it'd be any friend you have in Mitomo, any friend you have on your NX, any friend you have in the Animal Crossing app once it's a thing, any friend you have in the Fire Emblem app once it's a thing, any friend in the Super Mario run once it's a thing. It's all one pool. So now people will not go, oh, cool, I'm going to go buy Mario on the NX and play it there, but they're going to go to Mario on the NX and go, oh, cool, all my friends from my iPhone are here. It's one 
big ecosystem, which is something Nintendo said they're gonna do, and Miyamo is now confirming, yes, this this is it. So we got Nintendo literally just piling on all these different things. They're like, okay, yeah, 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 we'll be third party, but we're gonna rope everyone back to our stuff through ABCD, or I guess ABC in this case. So it's 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 a it's very savvy of them. Like people were so hung up on you know, like or gamers, I should say, like the true, the hardcore gamers are so hung up on, oh, this looks overly simplified and whatever, that they kind of just skipped right over the fact that this is a very smart move for Nintendo. <laughs> Investors got it. Investors understood. I mean, their pro- their stock went up 29% right after it was announced. 29%. That's by a third. That's nuts. And like their analysts Go there Nintendo. now. Yeah. And there are now analysts there saying like, oh, it could possibly have over a billion downloads. I, I don't know about that. But, yeah, like, this thing, this could be big. And, I mean, Miyamoto being on stage at an Apple keynote spoke volumes that Nintendo's taking this very seriously. It wasn't just a little, like, you don't put your star developer, who is, your, who is like, literally, like, the reason people buy your systems, on a competing, competing platform stage unless there's a reason. And the reason is this is their, they need to do this. This is their bridge that connects the current audience with their future platform. I could easily see, and I could easily see this having a longer, I guess, lifespan on your phone than pokemon go dude yeah in theory in theory but i don't know it definitely seems so especially the way pokemon go is going yeah but yeah the one thing that's kind of a bummer though um in all the hubble blue of mario run nintendo quietly delayed the fire emblem app and the animal crossing app they were both supposed to be out this fall now they're sometime mm. next year they literally blame mario run They're like oh well mario's more important so we're putting him first which is which makes sense but like i made this crack on twitter but it's totally true like basically how they did this because it was at the same time they announced mario run is they're like they're like a magician so it's like they're razzle they're like razzle dazzle over here like you know how a magician they have a deck of cards and they distract you in one direction and then shuffle yeah, the cards elsewhere yeah exactly it's misdirection so they use the razzle dazzle of mario run as the misdirection, and then quietly shuffled their cards, which is literally shuffling their release calendar, and quietly tucked away Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. So, whatever connectivity stuff that Animal Crossing app's going to do with New Leaf, I guess we won't see until next year, even though the New Leaf update comes out in December. I imagine it must be big, though, because, like, they announced for New Leaf that you, you'll be able to boot up the game after the update, and it will auto, it'll ask you if you want all your weeds automatically removed. Like, Isabel will be like, hey, I can get rid of your weeds if you want to, like, start your game again. Like, Nintendo really wants people that used to play heavily and then stop to get back into it. Presumably because it'll do stuff with the app and whatnot. And Amiibo. Oh, I mean, that definitely comes in handy. Yeah, so... But pulling the weeds is so gratifying when you're done. Yeah, but not when you have, like... Not when every single square patch in your town is a weed. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid to look at what mine looks like. Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. See, and that's what Nintendo's fearing is like people won't go back to the game. They won't do the amiibo stuff. They won't, in theory, do whatever connectivity it has with the app because they don't want to deal with the weeds. So by removing them, there you go. So we'll have all our weeds pulled in December, but we won't know what the Animal Crossing app is going to do until next year. But Doesn't matter. You get your weeds pulled. You get your weeds pulled exactly. Um, but back to the Apple event, not because of Mario Run, unless was well, I mean, what's your what's your before we get to the next topic uh-huh so you're getting mario run day of i don't see why, why not? not i mean i carry this console for it everywhere i don't see how i can even avoid it you know what's crazy about mario run this 
is the most powerful hardware Nintendo has ever developed for. The iPhone is literally the most advanced gaming platform Nintendo has ever made a game for. That is weird. The iPhone 7 specifically. The iPhone 7 is like the power of like a somewhere between PS3 and PS4. Obviously, Wii U is really? nowhere wow. near that. Yeah, it's like... It's kind of weird to think that the first time Nintendo's had this much power is because they're developing for someone else's system. But here we are. And you know what they use that power for? Reusing new Super Mario Brothers assets 10 years later. But well, then it's not much different from when they revealed new Super Mario Brothers U. Exactly. Like, oh, here's our first Saturday Mario game for the Wii U. cleaner looking. Yeah, it's, like, it's a crisper Mario U. Yeah. I mean, well, except, that one, like, except those two levels where they had the paintings the in the Starry background. Night. And yeah. it looked really nice. But then the rest of the game did not. And you're wondering why. And Nintendo never... Yeah, that was that was, that was a weird game. That was a fun game, fun but game, it was but definitely yeah. a cash. It was definitely like a la- rush for launch cash in situation. Yep, definitely, but, but yeah, Samari so Run was one of two things Nintendo had at the Apple event. I still can't believe how much they took over this Apple event. But the other was um, Pokemon Go. Specifically, they had a whole segment about how Pokemon Go is coming to the Apple Watch. And I feel like this is significant, not just because... I mean, is that a big deal for you, or you don't really well, care? Well, first of all, since Pokemon Go was announced a year ago, I kept saying it needs to come to the watch. I kept saying I want it on the watch. I kept saying it should be on the watch. It's now on the watch. My dreams have come true. This is all I ever wanted. I said when I tried to, when I had access... When I watched someone play the beta, there we go. I said it when the game came out. I said it multiple times. And I'm not the only one that said it. I'm not trying to say, like, I inspired it. But this has been my one wish... And it came true, so I'm very happy. But I think it's also significant because they are at a very crucial period right now because there's a general waning interest in Go. Like, I know you had thoughts on that. that you Like, you, your Go situation is pretty much petered out. Yeah, I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. I haven't wow. had it for about, I guess, a month now. And uh-huh. it's funny because even though we had that bet going, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like, there's... Well... It honestly doesn't really help that I never really found catching Pokemon that fun to begin with because I never even did that in the mainline games. Yeah. And I did enjoy Pokemon Run for a while. Like, it was pretty fun. Like, and it was exhilarating just going, like, oh, there's some Pokemon nearby. And it actually was fun, like, trying to hunt it down. But they kind of took that away, too. And then even when they gave you the more advanced radar with the Pokestops, I feel that still That's takes away... That's part... fully, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, like, when they do, like, if it like oh there's this pokemon that's just near this pokestop you're just gonna yeah. have to wander around blindly around it i don't know that wasn't as fun and that's actually trying to find it like just hunting it down so to speak i don't know it feels like it takes away that hunt and that i don't know special drive that it once had and also just the fact that some pokemon are exclusive i went to japan and i didn't even find a far-fetched and, and that's the place they are yeah and if we're competing to like first one to catch on 150 it's going to take a long time, and I don't think I will have the patience. Yeah, I don't think I'd end. be able to catch all 150 either. So just for those who do remember, back when it first came out, Angel and I had a bet that I don't remember what the prize was. Basically, we had to race to see who could catch them all first. That's never happening. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say. But, I mean, the thing is, it's not just you either. Like, I, I've definitely been playing less for sure these past... Uh, few weeks months and apparently we're not alone what co-workers how many of them actually they it? everyone was playing at one point now it's like occasionally two of us maybe three right. from like down from 11 and it's not and it's not just anecdotal like Even our friends that were used to be very chatty about it have, have kind of gone radio off. silence yeah but it, it it's not just anecdotal that's the interesting thing is so slice intelligence which is an analytics firm that we were 
citing back in the prime of Pokemon Go and talked about how all the high stats, they put out a new number. <laughs> it's the player base of Pokemon Go has dropped by 79% compared to its peak. Wow. 79%. Now, to be fair, they announced at the Apple event, they being uh, Niantic, that Pokemon Go has been downloaded over 500 million times. Half a billion times. That might be where that estimate that Mario could top ability came from, that that one analyst had. But half a billion times has been downloaded. That's so even a with a 79% or drop... multiple people downloading it once. I mean, multiple copies being downloaded. Yeah, but how many times does that happen? Let's be realistic. How many people have multiple phones they're putting it on? These are Including iPads? It, sure, but not that many people. You can't reuse really it with the iPad unless you have cell service on your iPad and walk around with Some people your iPad. do. Yeah, that's true. I saw that at Comic-Con a few times. There were a I few didn't. kids that had... Like, it was like their Game Boy Advance. They just had, like, an iPad Mini. They were playing games, and someone had a regular iPad, and it definitely had 3G. Right. Some were just surfing. Oh, so I guess they were. But, but okay, so maybe there's some duplication. But still, the the player stats come from, I think, access to the app on individual devices as well. So it's probably one-to-one. But, yeah, 79%. That That's a large drop. Um, I mean, I, the upside is it's still making more revenue than any other mobile game in august it accounted of all mobile games all mobile games accounted for 28 percent of the revenue brought in in august across all mobile games that's almost a third so even with that huge drop it's still making money which means there's still hope that niantic can keep these what's known as monthly active users or maus and it's those maus or monthly active users who regardless of the peak regardless of the fad ending you know the peak falling off a cliff all that those monthly active users are the ones that are actually invested in it literally with money real money investing it with time they're the ones that niantic needs to cater to with these new features and it seems like it took them a while to get the ball rolling but it seems like niantic's actually doing it because like you can look at a game like let's say pokemon shuffle i read the other day that has passed 10 million downloads since it came out on iphone and uh, android that's a fairly big number. It's not 500 million, but 10 million downloads, and the game's still successful because those monthly active users are playing it all the time, buying things to extend you know, their time limits on their puzzles, whatever. They're pouring money into it, and there's like a sustainable little like ecosystem within Pokemon Shuffle where it's Makes profitable I mean, for the company. I, I mean, I can even admit that if I were going to play a, I guess a Jewel... What is it called? Um, Bejewel, like Bejewel. a Bejewel-style puzzle game... I'd probably play a Pokemon right, one. I right. mean, why and, would I play random gems or candies right. when and, I could play and Pokemon? Genius Sorority and Pokemon Company are updating it regularly with stuff. So it's, if they're able to keep those people engaged, which they are oh, in Pokemon nice Shuffle, it, well, it's not. It's, it's just for profit, too, let's be honest. But, but if they're able to keep those people engaged, yeah, they keep they getting money. And it's make just, it for, they could do it for profit and be crappy about uh, yeah. but then they'll lose the monthly active users. That's the catch. You need to keep that engagement up in the right way. And the problem that Niantic had is they did not keep it up in the right way. In fact, they did it in all the wrong ways by removing all the things you mentioned, Angel, and now, you know, they lost 79%. But of the uh, 21% that's still there, now they can actually get those, they can sustain themselves off those people, and it's still rolling out in new countries. India's about to get it, or just got it. Um, there's a lot of huge markets there that can help keep it afloat. So if they can now roll out stuff like the Apple Watch app, or the buddy system, both of which we'll talk about, like, that's what you need to do to keep it afloat. And it might work for them. So first up is that Apple Watch app. Um, so why are you really, excited about it? Why am I excited about it? 
Are you excited about it? I'm I'm happy it's happening. I think it's very interesting that Niantic's taking a slant of it being about exercise and Honestly, uh, the, looking at your phone less. The Pokemon Go Plus peripheral. Yeah. Um, that, looks... that came out just this past Friday. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Sorry, what, what you <laughs> I was watching a video of like it in action, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's blue. Just press it. You get the stuff. Yep. You don't have to do anything. It's, it's like... It's... But not enough to make me go back in. Yeah, and there's a couple weird things about it. Like, you can't decide which Pokeball type to use. So no matter what Pokemon you encounter, you're stuck using just a Whatever Pokeball. You have or... I think just a Pokeball is what I guess until you run out of them and then it goes to Great Ball. I guess. Like, there's not a way that I'm aware of where you can actually switch the default ball. So, you know, even if it tells you, like, oh, a Pokemon you've never encountered before, which it can do. It'll flash a different color if it's a new Pokemon you've never seen. And you press it to catch it. It'll just be like, oh, sweet, an Arcuno. Here's a Pokeball. And then the Arcuno The thing that, away. um, I guess the video demonstrating I thought didn't make it clear was that whether you get a bunch of tries or just one try, because they said, like, yeah, oh, you either it. catch it and it blinks a bunch of colors showing you that you caught it, or you miss and it flees or something. I think it's just one try, but... So, I mean, like, if the catch rate kinda, naturally higher when you're using that app. I, I mean, I guess it's a way no to reward idea. the people that bought it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but then there's a balancing issue where, yeah. you know, if they reward them too well. Which is also a problem with the buddy system that when we get to that, I, I, that's my issue with it. It's, it's not really balanced well for what it is. But the Apple Watch app, well, I think the Plus, the Pokemon Go Plus shows. And actually, you know what? Real quick about the Plus. I just thought of this. Have you noticed how ridiculous getting one is? Nope. So. How do you get one? Well, it's not that hard in concept, but they didn't put pre-orders up properly, so they was unavailable everywhere, Amazon, GameStop, whatever, until launch day when suddenly it was available in some quantities. But, like, because you couldn't get it in advance and it was not – it just said unavailable. It didn't say coming soon or anything. People were flipping them on eBay for, like, 65 bucks, 100 bucks. Yikes. Yeah, and then in Japan, they've, they're selling through the initial shipment really fast, and Nintendo put out a tweet, like, literally right before we recorded that, that was, like – Oh, yeah. Um, so, Pokemon Go Plus, we're not going to have a second shipment until November. It's like, what? It's got... How... This is free money for Nintendo. How is it taking them two months to make a more, to make more of them? Like, they delayed it from July specifically to make more of them. So, how do they now need to still make more of them? <laughs> I don't they, get it. I don't know. Actually, I should take that back. In July, they also delayed it because of the server issues, but... Yeah, but I mean, they should still have enough. They had they had two months to make more of them, so I. I, I mean, did but, they not see a, what happened with any of the Smash Brothers peripherals? Apparently not. Well, Nintendo has this bad habit of being conservative. They are a very conservative business. Japanese businesses tend to be Nintendo more so because it's in like Kyoto, which is like old Japan, so they have that that mind mindset. So they will always make the bare minimum, which is why we see Amiibo shortages, which is why we see the GameCube peripheral shortages for Smash, which is why we see now the Go Plus shortages. But it's just like, Nintendo, what? snap out of it. Like, just live a little. <laughs> Take a risk. It's okay. It's paying off for you. Like, I bet you the NES Classic's going to be the same issue. Well, which sucks because I haven't pre-ordered one. Yeah. And I really want one. You're the one that told me Best Buy already had them up, but I didn't even see them. You're going to have to line up. I'll do it. I can't believe it. I didn't have to line up for the iPhone 7. I was able to get that on launch day. But, but, to get an NES Classic, even though I own like a third of its games already, I'm going to have to go stand overnight somewhere. All right, fine. So be it. But back to the Plus and back to the Apple Watch app. I find it interesting that, especially with the Apple Watch app, Niantic's taking this angle where they're really emphasizing the 
the it's about getting outside and walking around and discovering the world and not looking at your phone which originally that's what they wanted to do that was their goal that with pokemon go before it was pokemon they wanted this is why i learned at the con con panel back in the summer they wanted to make an app to get people to go out in the world and like interact with the world and each other and then they're like you know what could be the hook pokemon and now that they have pokemon they're now taking the apple watch app and kind of focusing it on the original goal and i say that because if you look at the app like if you watch the demonstration at, from apple's keynote it ties into the workout app the apple watch actually is actually pretty cool it's actually really cool the apple watch is being repositioned a bit as a health and fitness app, uh, device more than just a general accessory to your phone so they've opened up the api to workouts so apple has all these workout programs that track your activity your calories burned steps taken all that stuff and the pokemon go apple watch experience is that so like on your watch on your main watch face you can see how long till you next have an egg to hatch which is whatever but then when you go into the app it tells you start your workout you start the workout and then as you're walking it in real time is telling you your calories burned your steps taken uh how far you've walked i think actually not steps taken just how far you walked the three nearest pokemon to you it'll show their silhouettes if you've never seen them before or actually show you them if you have as you walk, if you encounter the Pokemon, it'll pop up on the screen and then just go to your phone to actually catch it. So you don't have the Pokemon Go Plus situation where you don't know what Pokeball you're using. You don't know, you know, how many tries you have. You just go to the main game. When you walk past a Pokestop, you don't even need to take out the phone. You can spin it right on the watch and the watch will actually have like little information about the location in case you want to like learn more like a hiking app does. Because again, that's Man, more of a fitness thing. Fitbit does It really that. makes the people with the Go Plus feel like they're missing out. Yep. A little. And then on top of all that, you also get like a notice. When your eggs hatch, you see it on your watch. When you get a medal, it's told on the watch. The only thing the watch app can't do is, like I said, catch the Pokemon or battle or do anything at a gym for that matter. But it does everything else. So it really does. This seems like this is what Niantic wanted Pokemon Go on a smartphone to be. But then they noticed people were just staring at their phones while walking and then getting hit by cars and whatnot or walking off cliffs, which really happened in San no, Diego. staring at the wrist. Yeah, so, well, it, well, you don't even need to. It'll ping you. It'll vibrate. You'll ping you. That you don't have stop, to look at anything. That won't stop people from yeah, being impatient. Well, no, because it, it doesn't show you anything on your wrist. That's the thing. It'll show you the three nearest Pokemon, but it doesn't give you any sort of indication of where they are. It doesn't show you a map. It doesn't show you anything. It just shows you how far forward you're moving in terms of kilometers. Mm. So there's nothing really to look at as much. So it's kind of it's kind of ingenious. Like I, it'd be cool if it had some of the other stuff, but like, it's still a huge step in the right direction in terms of making it easier to play Pokemon Go. And I feel like, like I'm really looking forward to having it on my Apple Watch. I feel <laughs> after two years of having this watch, year and a half having this watch, it's like it finally has a purpose now, and that purpose is Pokemon. Because I mean, I love the thing. I love my Apple Watch, but it really there's really no. Did you ever to use it. the burrito button? No, I never got the Chipotle app. I want to see it used once. I can make that happen. We can we can arrange that. But, um, yeah, it's just, it seems like a much less obtrusive way to play Pokemon Go, which is better in the long run. And it will, presumably won't kill your battery, but who knows? That's always a plus. Yeah. I definitely can do less with programs that kill my battery. Yeah. That's another reason why I didn't really miss Pokemon Go, because that one definitely killed your battery. Yeah, the 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 uh, the one thing that a lot of people I saw online were wondering about is like, okay, so it's kind of Apple Watch, but what about Android Wear? And good news, everyone. Eventually. And in a TechCrunch <laughs> interview, their CEO John Hankey said it is probably coming to. He said it's likely coming to Android Wear. He also said there will likely be player versus player battles coming in the future to the main app. So, 
it does really seem like um I mean they're trying after to keep their, trading, right? Presumably, yeah. But it does seem like Niantic's actually trying to get people to use this thing again, the whole active user thing. The other half of them trying that recently at least is the buddy system, which uh at first, to be honest, I thought was a friend feature. Like when they announced buddy system, like I saw the tweet, I'm like, oh friendless, that's awesome. And then I click it, it's like, oh, it's just a Pokemon that stands next to you. So for I've been trying it. Um Which is pretty cool and I feel like something that should have been there from the beginning. This it I is want cool. To it's cool but it has issues. So this is another example of how they're really trying to at this point keep those monthly you active mean it's users. Not really cosmetic, which is I thought was fine. I thought it was. It no, there's a purpose to it, but the purpose is kind of weird. So, how it works? First of all, it's smart because a lot of people. I don't even know where to begin with this. Okay, so how it works is this. Uh, basically, oh yeah, I guess you want to know because you haven't played it. But how it works is that you get to assign any one individual Pokemon you have in your roster that you've caught okay. to be your buddy. He will appear on your trainer status screen. He will get yeah, special indication in your Pokemon list. But he will not appear on the map with you. What it does is it just tracks the kilometers that you walk when he's your buddy. And if you hit a certain goal, somewhere between 1 and 5 kilometers, depending on the Pokemon, you will earn a candy for that Pokemon. So the idea is a lot of active users are probably complaining, hey, I basically have the same routine most days. I'm walking around work. I'm walking around home. I see the same Pokemon. But I do have a Charmander I want to turn into a Charizard. Can you help me? And Niantic's going, well, we sure can. Will give you candy just for walking as a way to boost your Pokemon. The issue that I have with it is you get a single piece of candy regardless of the kilometers walked for that Pokemon. So like one Pokemon, a Caterpie, only requires one kilometer and you get a candy. Charmander might require three kilometers to get a candy. So if I have a Char, if I have a Charmeleon, which I do, and the Charmeleon has uh, what is it? I think 77, 77 candies left until it can evolve into Charizard. All right. And I get one candy every three kilometers. Do you realize how much I have to walk in order to turn that Charmeleon into a Charizard? Like, the idea of this is great, and it addresses an issue that I think a lot is causing a lot of people to leave the app. But I think they can maybe give a few more pieces of candy, just a few. Maybe double it. Maybe do two. Maybe do four. I know you get cavities, no. but I know, I know that like they don't want to skew it too far in one direction and throw off the balance of the game. But I feel like it's balanced too much in the wrong direction right now, where it's still too difficult. Like a, a hair more would be useful. It's a great idea though. Like I'm glad they're implementing it, but it's just like anything more would be useful because I don't see that many Charmanders. I really don't. And like, well, yeah, you're gonna have to find their nest. I mean, I have caught, like, four around my office. I think there's a nest near my office, but it's still pretty rare. Oh, you meant pretty. I think. No, it's still pretty rare. One, one actually kind of cool thing about the system is a little Easter egg, for those who don't know. If you have a Pikachu and you walk however many kilometers, it'll actually hop on your shoulder on your trainer screen like it does with Ash in the cartoon. Only Pokemon Aww. that does that. Yeah. What a nice touch. But I got to give Niantic credit, though. Um, like, even though this might not be perfectly balanced, like, their messaging's been on point. Like, they're a lot better now than they were... They announced the body system in advance and then rolled it out pretty quickly thereafter. They've been posting thank you notes to their current like active users for sticking with them and being part of the experience. And they keep promising new things. They've been really transparent about the Go Plus and how it works. They, uh, well, some mostly transparent. 
it seems like now that the chaos of the server issues has gone down, they're actually able to properly communicate with their players, which was something so critical. And I remember I toured them in like August about how they failed at that here on the show. But it's like they're actually doing everything in their power to keep those monthly active users, and that's good because they they need to. You know, Apple Watch, Buy System, all that. It's it's really a good step in the right direction. And I think if they keep that up. And if Pokemon Sun and Moon does have connectivity with Go like they promised at one point, it's around the launch of Sun and Moon, there could be, not going to be 500 million again, but there could be a second win for Go. Because it can, the same way that well, Pokemon I mean, Go, it, yeah? It, well, I mean, if they keep improving the app as they are and they get to Diamond and Pearl Land, then... Then you're in. Well, I need to get that chat talk. That's true, all. right. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's mandatory, it's not even a question. Right, because yeah, I'm just thinking. So I'm hoping they get that far, and by then the app is truly amazing. Which I mean, yeah, it it always has had potential. It just kind of like you said, it just kind of squandered it early on, and now it's now they have again. to build it back up. Yeah, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly, right? right? And I feel like, and I honestly feel like the same way that Go had a Halo effect that boosted sales of the 3DS and older Pokemon games, Sun and Moon can have a Go Halo effect where it draws more attention back towards the app. So it could be a two-way street. Well, but, I mean, time will tell. That's not till November. So hopefully by then the Apple Watch app will be out. They said fall, but we shall see. Um, speaking of Sun and Moon, however, Pokemon Go isn't the only Pokemon game that had new announcements. Um, outside of Apple's event, the one piece of Nintendo news announcements outside of Apple's own conference, still bizarre that that happened, um, but great, is that Pokemon Company is trotting out all sorts of interesting things about Sun and Moon as we get closer to launch. Um, and I don't just mean like Pudgy, Alone, uh, Raticate. I mean like actual things that actually affect Pokemon in new ways that's never done before. So my personal favorite is the Pokefinder, which is essentially Pokemon Snap 2 in everything but name and in depth. Probably not as deep. But how it works is inside Sun and Moon, you will have opportunities in certain areas to take pictures of Pokemon, just like in Snap, and you'll be rated just like in Snap. But instead of it being like a professional photographer, they modernized it, so you're now rated almost Instagram style, where you get a bunch of thumbs up, a bunch of comments from random fake people to determine if you took a good photo or not. And you can go in certain places and like take artsy photos and that sort of thing, and get certain Pokemon, or be kind of assigned things. It's, I mean, I'm it's very Pokemon Snap esque, but as a mini game. There are a few things that I thought were kind of concerning. I mean, well, the mini game looks great. But there was a scene where they were taking pictures of a dragon knight, and the Fine. frame rate looked pretty bad. So either, yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that's. I mean, I wish it wouldn't look like that, no matter what. But I'm hoping that's how it runs on the regular 3D 3D SXL or 3D. right, opposed to the new. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one that'd be stuck with the regular 3DS, so I'd have to deal with that frame rate. But ideally, I mean, I would like their games to at least have a smooth frame rate because that. I mean, even for that visual style, I mean, I feel like they shouldn't have to suffer that. Considering, and we have games like Monster Hunter, like, sure, you have one monster animated there, but it's a huge monster, and it's so detailed and so well done, and this is just, like, a static image with one Dragonite in the background, and it looked like it was a flipbook that was very slow. It looked like a a fast PowerPoint. I don't want, I'm not trying to be mean to Game Freak. I I don't I can't develop a video game, so I'm not saying it like as like you guys suck, but like I don't understand why Game Freak has so many issues with 3D games. Ever since they moved to 3D, there's been weird things graphically. Like how does Sun and Moon 
how how is it like that like how is that an issue that you're describing it shouldn't be like they they work with the company that makes the hardware it should be easy enough to optimize frame rates and stuff it's just it's weird like i get like game freak cut their teeth on 2d and even still they made 2d games on other platforms like steam and that that elephant runner thing that they made with rambo the something yeah the like the drumming elephant or whatever it was like that's all 2d yeah my yeah Yeah. badass and like drill dozer was 2d and pocket card jockeys 2d they're really good at 2d I don't understand why they can't Harmony bring was in practically too. I mean, it was, was a like yeah, heavily it, polyg- it was yeah, it was polygonal, but it was like heavily cel shaded. Yeah, so I don't get why they can't just bring in people from Nintendo to help or whatever. But this seems to be a recurring theme since they moved to polygonal 3D for Pokemon. Yeah. And 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 the problem is, Pokefinder shows it so much more clearly because you're looking. You're you're not using the normal game camera. You're looking from down on the ground, like it's rend- it's all this stuff if you're ground level so you actually see the stuttering and whatnot but then again pokemon snap on i64 was not the most smooth game either it had its own but that's not excuse when you're comparing it to a game from 1999 like you can't be like well 1999 you or eight or seven i think we still love that game yeah i love pokemon snap um see on a gameplay level i think it's a cool idea I'm hoping it's not just... I, I have this weird feeling that it's like in two sections in the game where it's almost like a Safari Zone equivalent, but it's for photos. I'm hoping it's a little more open-ended because that can be fun in and of itself. It's almost like a Picto Box and Wind Waker equivalent. Yeah, that was great. But, so, yeah, cool but I don't know. They're, they keep saying in limited areas. I mean, areas, I, w- so. I would really like it if they're like, instead of like literally catching all the Pokemon, they could be like, oh, try to capture them all on film. So it's almost like a second yeah. Pokedex that you could collect. That'd be awesome. Mm. And, like, that would fulfill so many people's Pokemon Snap wishes. Or it might even be nice, like, if every Pokedex entry has, like, a spot right there for a photo of the Pokemon that you've taken. I mean, that would mean that you'd have to be able to find all of them in the wild, which is definitely going to be impossible. But Yeah. You can I mean, open a portrait studio on one of the islands and then just have people bring in their Pokemon and have them po- cheese a... or po- pose very cheesily, like, against a tree. Cheesy posing with, I like, say that was arms crossing Pokemon. Like there was like a, a portrait studio. Yeah, there's like a portrait studio, and I think I don't know. Like you see portraits of random Pokemon, but I think it was in Diamond and Pearl. But I think you pose your Pokemon, you like decorate them with stuff. I mean, obviously they're not moving; and it's not really Pokemon Snap, but yeah. like they've toyed with the idea of just having like an art gallery huh. and a photo that you created on there. So, I don't know. so maybe, maybe, that maybe, there's, maybe there's hope. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's one gameplay change they announced. Another is um, what the actual difference between Sun and Moon will be. Some of it's cool. Some of it, I'm like, are, you, are you for real? Like that's really so. The the cool one is um, it's not just different Pokemon. It's also the interactions you have with the Pokemon. So like when you encounter Totem Pokemon, when you're completing the island challenges and stuff, the actual po- Totem Pokemon you encounter will be different in Sun and Moon. Which is, it's a minor thing, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, there's actually that. Or, like, depending on what time of day it is when you go down a route, you'll see different Pokemon. Now, you're thinking, okay, that that makes sense. At night, it'll be different Pokemon. Except that leads to the issue that isn't as good. And that is, at least in my opinion, Sun and Moon's main difference is Sun takes place during the day and Moon takes place at night. So, Sun is the real clock. It is your 3DS's clock. Moon is a 12-hour offset of the clock. So if you want Moon, you're going to be playing a lot of nocturnal Pokemon, or you're going to be up at 3 a.m. just to catch the daytime Pokemon. Yeah. And to me, that seems kind of weird. 
it was always nice when the Pokemon game just matched your clock. Like, yes. oh, it's night here, it's night there. When Gold and Silver did but... it, it was awesome. Yeah. I don't, I understand the idea is like, oh, maybe you want the nocturnal Pokemon. We're going to make more nocturnal Pokemon. But it's just like, I don't need to buy a different version to do that. If I really want nocturnal Pokemon and I really don't want to stay up at 3 a.m., I could just change my 3DS clock. Like, I don't know how that's a selling point. Maybe it sounds like I'm being a little bitter about or not bitter, but I'm being a little like, I'm ruining the fun, so to speak. But, like, how is that a selling point? It just seems convoluted. Because then, cause then if you want to catch well, I mean, daytime Pokemon, yeah, but I mean, with that you logic, are going to change your clock. So you might as well just not do the time shift thing to begin with. Yeah, but, I mean, if it's important to the narrative, it probably might be. Is it, though? I don't know. Well, we don't know yeah. yet. Cause but at the same time, I mean, it changes the Pokemon. Yeah, but I mean, Pokemon. with that logic, you would have to offset it by that much for nighttime Pokemon if you get the day one. I mean, it's not right. But I'm just saying. So why? You, so how are you even making a different version if all you're doing is telling people offset your clock to catch the other ones? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like either way, you're offsetting your clock at some point, or because, you're staying up crazy hours. Well, it's because they called the sun and moon, and they yeah, have to. I, I get that. Shove that demon as much as possible. Yeah, no, I get that. It just seems like that's sort of a gimmicky reason. But I think the the fact that like you have different interactions with different Pokemon, different scenarios play out in the story. That's cool. Yeah. But and even even the thing about different Pokemon uh, along the routes you walk, regardless of day or night, that that's. A little more than just their exclusive Pokemon, because they're literally saying like, "You will see the same Pokemon, but Sun will see him in this situation, and Moon will see him in some other situation." That it, in and of itself is like, okay, that makes sense. But like the, the clock thing, you have total control over that clock. It doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my thoughts on that. But um, the, the third thing they announced. This one's interesting. This one's more of a plot device, and this one. Ventures into territory Pokemon hasn't really gone. And this is this thing called Ultra Beasts. Yeah, are they Pokemon? Are, are they, they Pokemon? Are they humans? Are they? Why does one of the Ultra Beasts look like one of the humans? Hmm. Why do but, two of the Ultra Beasts oh, look like Oh, two of them now. Yeah, I forgot they revealed the others. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, do you want to explain or should I? You're more in Pokemon lore than they, I am. They're just weird, big, powerful-looking things. They're not things. Pokemon per se. They're, they're weird. Beasts. Yeah, they're weird-looking creatures. They look powerful. They look like they're legendary. I guess it's their Thunder Moon equivalent of like the Articuno that was Moltres. Except these are specifically not Pokemon. That's what's weird. Or yeah. well, as we know, I have the press release in front of me. It's weird how they are tiptoeing around what they are. All over Aloha, rumors speak of creatures that possess mighty powers and pose a threat to humans and Pokemon. So they're like a third thing potentially. Hmm. Potentially, they're ultra beasts. There are multiple ones in existence, and there's this foundation that's now a big part of the plot. Because remember when they they talked about Team was it Team Skull? Was that who's on? Yeah, yeah. they talked about Team Skull. Mark, that's kind of lame. All they want to do is like take over the islands. How boring! Well, now there's this other foundation that's a big part of it called the Ether Foundation, or I guess it's Aether, Aether, A E T H E R, Ether, Ether, possibly. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, this foundation, their goal is to care for and provide shelter for Pokemon. And they're also researching the Ultra Beasts. So there's actually two different fa- organizations that have a heavy plot focus. And the Ultra Beasts presumably connect them in some way. Hmm. Yeah. It could be interesting, but it sounds like the Ultra Beasts aren't Pokemon. People are speculating the Ultra Beasts turn into some of the characters that run the Foundation because they look very similar. Or yeah. to some of the Team Skull or, people because they also look kind of similar. So yeah. it's like, or I guess like they said they could change their face. Yeah, they could change their shape. So and maybe instead of just being those people, they just 
Because yeah. they'll kind of mimic those people. Yeah, and since we don't know what they are, we don't have names for them, which is another interesting thing. The beasts are literally called OBO1 and OBO2. Yeah. OBO2, to make it more confusing. You mean UB? Or, or, yeah, UB, sorry. Yeah, it is a U. Ultra. They're not Ultra. Yeah, we have, we have Ultra beasts. Yeah, we have UB1 and then two UB2s. Yeah, which is really confusing. So UB1 is like this glass jellyfish looking thing. I don't even know how better to describe it. And then UB2 is either the bug on steroids. It's like a mosquito. He's like a mosquito that took that's like way too swole for his own good. Or like this other like thing that looks nothing like him that's kind of this like it looks like she's wearing it looks like it's wearing a dress and it's kinda of like it has this weird elegance to it. Yeah. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a humanoid. The exact opposite of this buff mosquito. Yeah. But yet they're the same apparently. Which is odd. One's now, about what's about power those, and one, strength, and the one, other one's about speed and... Exactly. Yeah, whatever. the buff guy's obviously the power one. And what's interesting is they are exclusive to each version. So one UBO2 will only be in Sun, one UBO2 will only be in Moon. That's more of an exclusive split that I, ex- that I expect to see than, like, the time clock thing. Or the time clock. The time change thing. But, yeah. So it, it's interesting nonetheless. And I think if you exclude the Ultra Beasts, there is a theme emerging in sun and moon that i kind of like the sound of and what made me say this is they also revealed a pokemon called null his name is literally type null that's so weird he is a synthetic pokemon i learned to do a double take like wait they're creating a new type cool wait oh no that's it yeah i thought like when i was watching the trailer i was like did they put the wrong information in the wrong spot because they always use the same template like name up top type yeah. on the bottom i'm like wait did they get that backwards but yeah, so Type Null is a synthetic Pokemon. It seems like he's comprised of parts that, of, like, they look at other Pokemon like, yeah, that would be good on him. Yeah, do that too. So between that, between the Alolan vari- variations and, like, evolutionary changes, I and between this whole thing where it's, like, Team Skull wants to take the Pokemon to some extent while the Foundation wants to protect the Pokemon and shelter them, I get this weird feeling that a big component of this game... The roles are going to be reversed. That's the real twist. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I was going to say, I get the feeling Team that... Skull is the good guy. And, and the Foundation's bad, and they're the ones building the Ultra Beast. Ooh. But no, I get the uh, sense that there's going to be, like, this theme of genetic modification or genetic mutation or, like, just mutation in general. Because, like, the, obviously the Alolan thing does that. All the Alolan variants are what, literally what, that. What if Type Null is just what happens if you if shove you, all the stones on a Eevee at the same time? Yeah, it, I mean, that'd be interesting. I'm, I mean, That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, what if? it does have some insect legs, but it does have like a Vaporeon-ish like, tail going on. Yeah. Ears that on the t- that could know. totally be it. That's, I mean, the whole game's plot could be around this idea of genetic manipulation. And you could even say, I we don't know enough, but you could say that the Ultra Beasts our experiments gone awry yeah. from the past and that the foundation is trying to cover that their tracks or that the foundation, the reason they look like the people is because the people started injecting Pokemon DNA into themselves and then they became the ultra beast. And that's the shape shifting thing. Going yeah, on. That'd be crazy. Like that would be really kind of weirdly dark for a Pokemon game, but how fascinating and well, cool I mean, would that be? They already be? went through the whole PETA story. Oh, that's so. true. But, like, how cool would that be if they actually did something like that? Because we, like, literally a month ago, we were saying, man, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon's plot seems really weak. But if they did something like that, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. So, and, I mean, I had that whole thing over and over again where I'm like, oh, I, I like Pokemon where it kind of mirrors the real world. And genetic manipulation and modification are things that are happening in the real world. There's a hint. I mean, there's definitely a sci-fi element that that's the plot they go with. But it's not, like, toy out of that field. 
we've done stuff with cloning. We've done stuff with moving one type of cell into another type of thing to make like GMO plant, you know, food and that sort of thing. It's not that crazy of a stretch. Yep. But yeah, so it, as I say every time I talk about Simon, I'm now more excited than I was before for it. I do have Except um, the day night thing. a simmer of hope. There was mm. um, someone posted up a. I guess it was like an advertisement for Pokemon Sun and Moon, and it was clearly like an official Pokemon Sun and Moon poster. Sure, yeah, it yeah. had a bunch of Sun and Moon Pokemon, but it also had like some merchandise on the bottom of a bunch of different new Pokemon from Sun and Moon. Like unannounced? No, they were, they were announced already. Oh, okay. Like it had like there were like little charms, and they had like all of them, blah blah blah, or some other new Pokemon. I forgot the names, but one of them was actually a Mega Pokemon. So really, so like. Was that one put in there by accident? Does that Mega's confirm Megas in Sun and Moon? Like, if that's the case, I'm like, well, that's awesome. Because now we get even more, like, cause now, now Z-Moves all of a sudden become just, now they're an added death. Just because, like, you still have Megas Pokemon on top of that. Right, right. Whereas if you took them away, it almost did feel kind of like a step back. But, you know what's interesting about that? Is they could almost I mean, retcon without retconning I mean, the Mega time. Evolution stuff. That can easily fit a narrative about genetic variation and whatnot because yeah. obviously the stones are the mega stones are affecting those pokemon's dna like the whole game could be based around this idea of dna and they could do it in a way that actually ties everything together from all the pokemon in a really interesting way will they do that i don't know it makes it i'm making it sound like this gonna be like the pokemon game to end all pokemon games but or like the big finale and pokemon's gonna disappear after that which obviously mm. won't happen but it's interesting like they have they're going down the road where they can get really crazy with some of the like backstory of how Pokemon is in a non mythological, non like the Pokemon <laughs> gods created the universe route. I mean, this game hasn't even come out yet, but I'm already thinking like, where are they going to go from here? Yeah, I don't even know. And also, I think it's really cool that they did like the just... aliens. Oh wait, Deoxys. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. Actually, it's a good point, but I I will give them credit. Like Game Freak, they it's a really interesting juxtaposition of like assuming the genetic stuff ends up being what it's about. It's a very interesting juxtaposition of, like, the super laid-back Hawaii vibe with, like, crazy science. Because, like, I mean, even the professor I mean, in the real-world Hawaii known for having laboratories? Well, and... I did just see the Snowden movie. And fun fact, there is uh, a crazy, like, NSA base in Hawaii that does all sorts of crazy hacking that shut down, like, the Syrian internet for, like, a full day. Like, all of Syria's internet just, like, out. Courtesy of a dude in Hawaii that's wearing, like, an Aloha shirt and also hacking them. For the government, so I mean, obviously, who knows how much of snow the snow movies embellished, but wow. but my point is wow. like Hawaii has like this undertow, and no, they have uh, astronomy stuff down there, a lot of that too. But I don't know about genetics. That's yeah, but either way, like it's it's like the super ch- chill vibe with like this crazy science. In fact, it's um, the professor of Sun and Moon is actually a relative of Professor Oak. It's like his n- nephew or something. Oh, but, not but the cousin. He's like, oh, it's his cousin. But he's like super laid back. He has his shirt and buttoned, and like like he's like bare chested, and That's so it's it's fine that there's that and time. science going head to head, if that pans out. One last thing about Sun and Moon we should mention for those who are interested: there is a special edition new 3ds XL that is coming out October 28th that features the Sun and Moon legendaries and some line art on it. It you know Sol Solgalero and so is Lamala, it, so is it matte or glossy? I don't know. It looks kind of matte. It's a black outside with white line art and then black inside normal. It's it looks kind of cool. Tempting just because I still don't have any 3DS, but again, NX, so... Yeah. I don't know. And, and the thing is, like, it comes out 
before the games, which I always find funny when Nintendo does that. It's out October 28th, no game included. Like, why don't they just And then the game wait. comes out. I don't know. And it's, it's always funny that they don't put the game in there. Like, why? just charge a little extra and throw the game in. I know. I even, um, yeah, at least the first time Monster Hunter did the bundle, they at least included a... A digital copy, yeah. Yeah. But because Pokemon doesn't need to, I guess. Yeah, they don't. They buy it anyway. They'll double yeah. dip. So and it has I mean, almost Smash Bros. 3DS. I got didn't come with Smash Brothers. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they don't. It's only for games that need it that they do it, or get or when they need a game to sell the system, like yeah. the Mario 3D Land bundle. But uh, it is kind of funny. The system's name. It's no new Galaxy style, new Nintendo 3DS XL. But its name is almost as bad. It's the Solgaleo and Lunala Black Edition New Nintendo 3DS XL. So you know, it's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's only nine words. The name of the system. Well, I mean, Only can nine. we do a show? I mean, it would be Pokemon Sun and Moon New 3DS. They could XL. just call it the Sun and Moon 3, New, Nintendo, New Nintendo 3DS XL, and that shaves off two words. Well, I mean, there's no white edition. Why are they calling it the black edition? There's no gray edition. There's, there's only yeah. black. You could just call it the by region. The I mean, Sogaleo was... and Lunala. Oh, they could have called it. Yeah, they could call it the Alola New Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> there are much shorter names. But Nintendo loves their crazy contrived, like, new Galaxy style, new Nintendo 3DS. They call it the Legends Edition. Ah, there you go. The Legends Edition. See, that would have worked. And I just put the Pokemon Sun Moon logo somewhere. Nintendo, you can hire us at any time to name your products. Just putting that out there. Uh, and <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about Sun and Moon? Or I think we... Um, no, just that I... Are you guys, still are you holding up for... You're, you're still not sure if you're going to get it? Yeah, I'm still holding up. Just, what what will convince you at this point? They've changed the battle system with the Z moves. They changed. The, well, no, that's the thing. The battle system hasn't changed enough. In oh, fact, gotcha. it's barely an effect. It's barely right. affected oh, yeah, by the Z moves. It's a one-off thing. You're right. Yeah. So they just need to do more with the battle system. Um, they have about six six to eight weeks. I mean, to at, at, at this point, it's more about the Pokemon themselves. I mean, I I mean, I play competitively, but I only play competitively with Pokemon that I like that I find appealing. Right. And no I'll, one's jumping out at you. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. I mean, no drampa for you. No, the the closest thing are just dancing birds. Like they're oh yeah, yeah, the island. They, ones. they sound interesting. Like just the fact that they have an ability where if an opponent uses a dancing move, they will automatically do that dancing move, which has some really interesting applications. But I mean, not nothing. So yet. so no no weevil yet. No chat no, no way too tall executor. Oh no, no. no. that's disappointing. Now, the only first-generation Pokemon I would care about would be, like, uh, Nololan, Hitmonlee, Magmar, or Pinsir. But I think there they already confirmed... I mean, they already confirmed normal Pinsirs appear in Alola. Yeah, they, so. they showed it, yeah. But there you go, Nintendo. I mean, that'd be eight. nice to see. And I mean, I want them to do another Ice variant, but like an Ice Magmar, or... I don't know what they could would do to Hitmonlee. Magmar at that point? Yeah. You have to be... But but I was gonna say there you go Nintendo you have eight weeks Alolan, to change well, it would, it would literally mind. be it would literally be Alolan Magmar <laughs> yeah which yeah, I think would make sense it's just like yeah. I mean to them and you know, to the people in Alola actually yeah he, there's volcanoes in Alola he wouldn't be iced no yeah. I don't even know why Volpix and Ninetales are ice I don't understand Good that point because yeah. what there's no ice in Hawaii I mean maybe but there's no like real ice well like, I guess it kind of goes for Stantrum and Sandslash in that case yeah them them too like is there an ice island. Are they just sneaking in some, like, well, Antarctica into the game? I mean, considering they came up with an explanation for the Rattatas going dark, I yeah. hope they came up with a narrative for all of them that I really hope they explain. I want to know the backstory of why Radcate's so fat. They did. 
What's his backstory? Because when they moved into the city, instead of eating, like, basically to survive and eating grains, they started eating a bunch of junk food and stuff, and then they started eating uh, a bunch of gourmet food. They described them as a... Oh, it's Ratatouille. Yeah, That's the Ratatouille one. Yeah, yeah. they described them as a Ratatouille. I forgot that. Some they did restaurants, it. like, because they only... Started feed, the, giving them food tests. Yeah, because they only eat fine ingredients or whatever. I forgot that they... I forgot that as Raticate and not Rattata. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, that's what's great about this drip feed of Pokemon news is under normal circumstances, we would never discuss that Nintendo just ripped off Ratatouille for Eradicate that's fat. But yeah, we just had a good 30 seconds about that. Like, thanks, Game Freak, guys, and Pokemon Company, Both and Creatures Inc. Pinchable cheeks. And Nintendo. You guys are the best. Uh, I guess that brings us to our final bit of news before we get to your Phoenix Ryan impressions. And it's kind of brief, but it, we do have MPD sales numbers for the month of August here in the U.S. It's... I kind of the definition of a mixed bag. <laughs> on the upside, on an industry level, things were up by a whopping 1%. You can thank the uh, new Xbox One S for that, as well as No Man's Sky and Madden. Madden was number one on the charts. Of course, No Man's Sky actually came in number two. I know that since then, a lot of people have been disappointed with the game, but it sold well at first, at least. Um, the entire top ten... Only two games are actually available for Nintendo systems. I don't even know if those sales contributed much to that being on top 10, but that's Minecraft and Lego Star Wars Force Awakens, which were number 8 and number 9. Uh, but that brings us to the other half of the news, which is the bad half of the mixed bag. Nintendo flopped. had a weird month. First, there are some upsides. I should be fair, Nintendo. We don't have official numbers, uh, but leaks suggest that the Pokemon Halo effect from Pokemon Go is still definitely a thing. Sales of Pokemon Alpha, Ruby, and, and uh, Omega Sapphire were around 100,000 in August. Which, again, these games came out in November 2014. I said this the last no, time. No, no, and they're still 1399. And Pokemon X, still 39.99. Yeah, and they're selling 100,000 units 18, almost 24 months later. Like, 20 months later. That is, that's the definition of Evergreen right there. It's all thanks to Pokemon Go. Um, it's kind of nuts, to be honest. And 3DS hardware sales are also still up year over year because of pokemon go primarily but uh le- and or not but but leaks say they're at about 149,000 units so 150 basically which is good it like i said it's up however compared to july they are actually down by about uh 40,000 in sales because in july we were at 190,000 and or 189 now we're at 149 so as pokemon go started wane in interest so did the halo effect which makes sense which is why i was saying earlier you know, as Sun and Moon come out, maybe it will boost Go as well because they seem to be hand in hand. Uh, unfortunately, nothing else from Nintendo did any numbers we're talking about in August. Nothing from Nintendo outside of Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire sold over 50,000 units in August. Not Metroid Prime Federation Force, which was Aww. a new release. Not Style Savvy Fashion Forward, which no. was a new release. Not... <laughs> not um, Kirby Planet Robobot, which did well in its first two months, but its legs, I guess, fell off, so to speak, and now it's not... It has no legs anymore. It's not selling significant numbers anymore. Not... Apparently... I don't know if this this falls under 50,000 threshold, but Monster Hunter Generations dipped very severely. Like, everyone that wanted the game got it in July, and then it just kind of fell. Which, I mean, for something like that, makes kind of sense. Well, that's niche game for you. Exactly. But that's not good if Nintendo's games can't top 50,000 especially when you have something like Metroid not doing it like 
I can't speak for Fashion Forward. I haven't played the new style savvy, but I have played Federation Force. I talked about it last episode. I gave impressions. It's a fun game. It deserves better sales. They put a lot of heart and soul into that thing, and it mostly turned out well. So it's kind of a bummer to see that uh, it didn't resonate with people like at all. It's not surprising. I mean, you think maybe just that those type of games aren't really working on a 3DS? Because they I didn't think... Triforce Heroes kind of suffer? No, season? Triforce Heroes sold like 200,000 in its first in like a week, the first week it was oh, out or something really? like that. Reason, or maybe not 200,000, maybe 150. Like I bad memory. But the reason I remember that game just not doing that well did, overall. N- you, wait, I might be thinking of A Link Between Worlds. <laughs> They're the same engines. I mix them up. No, uh, I don't remember what Triforce Heroes did, but I don't think it was as much of a flop as Federation Force. I think this may be crazy, but I think if your game is getting bad fan maybe. feedback for the... Pe- yes, yeah, so call me maybe. But I think if your game's getting bad fan feedback... From the moment it's announced up until its release, and you on three separate occasions in three separate directs have to three separate times tell people why they shouldn't not like the game and why it's actually a good thing, and then you keep having to say it because people still don't believe you, that could be a red flag that it might not do well. Possibly. Well, I mean, you think there was a surprise? Like, what? I don't think there's a surprise, but I don't, to be I, a billion... I don't think well, Nintendo no, million, expected million. it to be under 50,000. Mm. I mean, granted, we're only talking about a week's worth of sales, but, like, Metroid's a big franchise. If they, I don't think they would have poured that much time and energy into well, a game that flops, especially for a high-profile I mean, franchise. Considering the fact I still haven't bought it, it definitely says something. Yeah. Because I consider it's a myself... a game, a, though. I mean, yeah, like... And, and this is coming from someone that loves the franchise and yeah. actually enjoyed the Metroid Prime Federation Force demo and still basically wants the game, but... Just didn't get around to it. Yeah. And I'm it, sure it's, a lot of people may be in that boat, and I guess yeah. if there's enough, can't get around to it, then... Yeah. And we had a whole thing. I remember when the Federation Force backlash was first happening. We, you and I had that whole conversation about like how, like, let them make the game they want to make. And I guess people did, and then they just didn't buy it, which is fair. You are allowed yeah, to do that. Talk with your wallet. Yeah, talk with your wallet. Uh, I know if you think the iPhone 7 is a great phone, don't buy it. So they don't make it like that, but... Oh, because of the headphone jack? Well, just enjoy. I mean, if, if you don't... Well, yeah. Well, you're not buying it. I bought it. Yeah. I remember you saying, like, I don't like the headphone jack. That's dumb. And then, and then so I bought it. it. Yeah. Well, because I realized, like, not to go too much on a tangent, but if I buy one more of those headphone dongles, it comes with one. If I buy a second one... All my headphone problems are resolved. I just leave them on the cord. <laughs> exactly. So if I give if I give Apple nine more dollars over the already expensive phone I bought, I can live in a near perfect version of the free situation I had for the past decade of smartphone use. It's great, I say through great great teeth. No, but like at some point things are gonna move away from headphone jacks. Apple might have just jump the gun too soon. That's all it really is. Hmm. To be fair. Like at some point it's gonna happen. But it well, might not I, be for ten years. Well, but Apple's trying to make. It I mean, I could then. definitely see that happening for more casual use. The, you know, the funny. I mean, thing. do I mean professional DJs? Do you think? I mean, I don't. I have no idea because I'm not an audiophile. But are in theory going with these digital formats could actually mean better sound quality because the digital audio converters can have a bigger range than the headphone jack. In theory, so if you have like ten thousand dollar headphones, in theory. That, you know, that can actually Wired. pick up the bigger range. The the digital can output that range better. Mm-hmm. Again, in theory. At least from my understanding, I'm not an RFI file either, but that's my understanding. But you know what's funny? Nintendo. You can thank Nintendo. Well, not Nintendo. You can't thank it, but Nintendo set the trend for that headphone jack thing. How? 
Game Boy Advance SP. Did not have a headphone jack. Game Boy Advance you had to plug SP. in a special dongle to the charging port, much like with the Lightning, and on the other end of that charging port dongle was a headphone jack. The SP had zero headphone jack because they couldn't fit it. And now here we are, 13 years later, and Apple's saying the exact same thing with the exact same solution for the exact same port. Everything's yeah, a cycle. I mean, Everything's cyclical. I mean, to be fair for them, I mean, I've, I mean, when you first hear about these things, you're like, what? They're taking it away? That's yeah. dumb. But then I started thinking about how often I use the headphone jack on my phone, on my iPhone specifically, and it's not that often. It's actually pretty rare. See, I use so, it pretty... Yeah, I feel like if I'm I mean, driving, I use Bluetooth. Yeah, exactly. But at home, I'm on Bluetooth. my laptop. And I guess, um, I mean, this is just kind of out of... But like, ever since like, I started like kind of just... Ever since I started running or just like going on these long walks, um, just having the cord just always kind of felt cumbersome. Like I wanted it in my pocket, but as I'm walking, like the cable, sometimes it's just not long enough depending on whether I want it on my pants pocket or on my sweater right, pocket. Right. So I needed to get like wireless headphones. So I got like these $25 amp power cheetahs, which are they're pretty decent for their, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty good for their price. Yeah. So since then, like I've never needed like the wire right, headphones. Right. And if sense. I want to listen to something like, with better quality because obviously the the ones I have now aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Then I have my nice big headphones and I'll plug my headphones into a computer or yeah. my iPad or something. Yeah, basically I use the headphone jack at work by cost just my work computer now that I think about it and I use them at home if I'm like checking something that is video, Snapchat or whatever and don't want to necessarily have it broadcast through the house. But yeah, that made it sound like it was something I mean, it's not like the Snapchat video was something that shouldn't be broadcast to your house. No, it's just I don't need, like, <laughs> whatever Team Coco behind the scenes of Conan, like, echoing down my living room or whatever. But, um, yeah, Why but back not? to MPD. What? Why not? Yeah, get I anyone don't want to disturb everyone ev- else in the house. Get everyone in on the joke. But, well, mm, that's yeah, fair point. But anyway, back to MPD. I was going to say, and just, so that's 3DS in that nothing did that well. Um, on the Wii U side, totally unsurprising, but it's worth noting, sales are down 50% year over year. Based on leaked numbers, we went from selling 43,000 in August 2015 to only 23,000 this August. So, no surprise there, but it goes to show you that all of this, 3S and Wii U, goes to show you that Nintendo's still in this kind of weird transitional period as we wait for NX. Like, Wii U's basically done. 3DS doesn't really have a AAA games um, until Sun and Moon comes out. And while Pokemon Go did have a Halo effect it's declined as the game declined naturally. So September might be kind of interesting because we have some medium-sized games. Dragon Quest Seven just launched. Yo-Kai Watch 2 comes out at the end of the month. That's one game with a, quite the legacy and quite the fan base and another game that has a multimedia onslaught happening now. So it could be a better month for Nintendo September. It'll be interesting to see how they fare. And of course, in about a month's time here on the show, we will break it all down. Mm. But that about does it for news, I think. It's funny because there are only really three stories. But we managed to talk about them for 90 minutes. Yeah. They were so pretty deep stories. They were. Some perhaps could argue too deep. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you were going to talk about Phoenix Wright, which also has a lot of deep stories. Um, it is. Yeah, so is. how is Phoenix Wright, Ace At- Phoenix Wright, colon, Ace Attorney, hyphen, uh, Spirit of Justice? So far. So f- that's not in its title. Oh, no. but, yeah, I know. How yeah. is it so far? Yeah, so you're how many cases in are you? Um, like the last one, pretty sure has four cases, and I'm on. I'm like halfway through the third one already. Oh, okay. So I've already seen the bulk of the game. Right. But 
and like just right off the bat, like I could already tell, like this one, this one feels like more of a fan game than the previous one did. The previous like one, the well, writing or no? Well, I'll sure. Me, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let me elaborate. The, My apologies. The previous <laughs> game, it's Attorney Phoenix Wright, it's Attorney Dual Destinies. That one kind of felt like a game that I would say, like, oh, if you haven't played a game in the series, you'd probably enjoy this. You could just jump right in. Because that one just introduces a bunch of new characters. There's not much, um, I mean, there's like, yeah, there isn't much backstory that you need to go in there to enjoy it because a lot of it is brand new scenarios. And a lot of the biggest twists, like, yeah, rely, are are solely based on that contained environment. And that's why I'm also saying. Yeah. That's also why I'm saying so far because, Mm -hmm. I mean, that could change. Like, the ending, like, yeah, going back to part five, the. Some of the cases probably felt like a little, like, disconnected. You're probably wondering the whole time, like, oh, what's connecting all these cases? Why some of them feel like filler cases? And then at the end, it all kind of comes in nicely into this package. And you're like, whoa, that was awesome. Because, right. like, I didn't see it from the very beginning. And so far, this one, I mean, kind of same thing. They don't, the cases definitely don't really feel connected so far. But the reason I'm also saying that this one feels like more of a fan game is because a lot of the stories so far have been mostly based on established characters and established things from ideas from way previous games. Like they're so they reference so many things from previous games so often that a lot of it is definitely gonna go over the heads of people that didn't play Ace Attorneys one through three mm-hmm. and especially Apollo Justice. Like the second case is almost feels like a like a spiritual sequel to part two, like, oh, kind of huh. leaving off where they left off. So if you don't know who Truthy is or the whole backstory with her, it's just going to, it's literally going to feel like a filler case. Like, I don't care what's going on much. Like, why do I care? So, what, why does everyone care so much about this person? And yeah. even um, the whole centerpiece, like, oh, Phoenix is going to a foreign country. Like, like, oh, okay, that could be interesting. But I feel like if that's your first game going in, it loses a whole lot of... Like, why is it different? Yeah, it, 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 feels, it just loses a lot of the oomph. Like, oh, why do I care that Phoenix is in this place called, like, the Kingdom of Kurain? Yeah. Like, it just sounds like it's this make-believe city. Like, usually when you're playing a game, like, I don't know, like, a game that has, like, a brand-new environment. They I don't first know. Show you, they give you the contrast, so you know what what's different. Yeah, about and this one... Um, like Leighton, for example, when he leaves London to go wherever in that one game, they sh- you're in London a bit, then you go to wherever. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah. I forgot where he went. I just know it wasn't London. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, um, like, Corrin, like, you... I guess if you had played the first um, three games, you know that Maya, like, the assistant, is all about, like, she's from... Korine village and that's like their whole ancestry so if you had played all those games leading up to that then this place would feel like an even bigger deal you're like whoa we finally get to see where all this stuff originates from and then they keep talking about Maya how she's like this very important character but they don't really tell you much of that backstory so it it honestly reminded me like the way they treated her like for if you've been playing the game since the beginning you're like oh man this is awesome it's like the big moment where you get to talk to her again blah 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 Uh but if you've never played any of the previous games, if to me, because I put myself into like a the perspective of someone that hadn't played them a few times sure, while yeah, playing yeah. it, and it reminded me of when I was playing Half Life Two. I, I forgot what episode it was, but at one point in the game, they just like there's this scientist character that just appears out of nowhere, but everyone in the game, yeah, talks about talks to that character and talks about that character like they've 
known him like the whole time or like he's always been there and I'm just like who is this guy like is he like I don't know it just felt really weird like it makes you feel like you're an outsider you know and you know what's interesting about this is the timing of this happening like there's been a move in storytelling like TV primarily away from like procedurals where it's like self-contained plots each time and more towards these overarching things where you need to really be there from the beginning to fully get it you know you look at something like Law and Order versus say Stranger Things on Netflix or Breaking Bad on AMC or whatever and like Law and Order is like oh yeah if you kind of know who the characters are you're fine but it sounds like with this this Ace Turn correct me if I'm wrong but it sounds like with this one they're doing the thing where it's like oh you all be in from day one and you're going to essentially binge the whole everything so you fully get and we're going to reward you for doing that by making a game where you actually it all references yeah, itself because I mean I feel like this one definitely rewards you for playing for having played for having played all of them because I feel like I'm really enjoying that part of it. Yeah. Like, to give you an example, there's a section of the game where you're just investigating a room. You just tap on different things in the background, and they tell you, like, and they just talk about them. And, like, four out of, like, the five things on on there are all these relics from, like, characters in the past. And they they kind of say, like, they kind of reveal names, but not really. They're like, oh, man, this character, like, used to be so annoying and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, like, yeah, it's definitely the fan Yeah, thing. and it's like, Without any context, that just seems like like uh, that was like a waste to read. Like it's gonna make a lot of like the reading just kind of feel like a drag. Yeah. But if you've played the other games, on the other hand, it's more like like oh I remember that oh good times blah blah blah. I mean, it's almost like trying to jump into the middle of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Where like they sort is, of explain it as they go, but you really need to. Which see is why it like also like I want to wait till I, I finish the game to give a full verdict on it because so far like there are some overarching concepts that are introduced solely in the game that are really interesting like i mean and they say this like in the traders but pretty much um phoenix goes to this crying kingdom where there have there haven't been ace, ace attorneys there haven't been defense attorneys there for over 20 years ace or otherwise <laughs> yeah, i guess that's true <laughs> it could be really lousy wasn't they haven't yeah, been like, there either <laughs> like the court system is decided solely on like something called the dividends yeah, the dividends dance like they pretty much look at a puddle i mean at a pond and they see the last few moments. Wow, before... you're being very harsh about them. They're looking at a stupid puddle on the ground. <laughs> they, look, they look at a pond. And how then, do you really feel? <laughs> and they and they see the last few moments before someone dies, and then they, they're like, oh, all right, clearly this person killed them, convicted, and that's it. And because of that, there hasn't really been a reason for anyone to defend anyone because it's decided by that. And Phoenix kind of goes in there and turns all that on their head because he proves that it's not always accurate. So there's uh-huh. a lot of implications that come with that, and it's really interesting just seeing how this civilization is like trying to struggle with this new concept. Like, wait, you mean this thing that we've been doing for the last twenty years is actually not that reliable? Um, what have we been doing? <laughs> you mean our puddle isn't reliable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the stuff with that that I want to see, like, if they play it out right, because they're building up to something really what it feels like something very interesting, but only time will tell if it actually has a nice payoff. Right. But for now, like, just from what I've experienced so far, it feels like like a really good meal for people that have already, that, that just like, are craving more Phoenix Wright. Mm. Like, it's just very satisfying if you're just, like, been playing Phoenix Wright games and you're like, oh, I want more. Like, I want another Phoenix Wright game. And the cases have been really interesting so far. Mm-hmm. Like, our, the first case was already a very deep and, like, long case. Usually they're, like, something you could finish in, like, 30 minutes. And they're just play out more like tutorials, but... This first case felt like a full-on, like, something you would see on this, I don't know, like, on case number two or three or something. Oh, interesting. 
So, I don't know. It, it, I wonder if it's almost like Capcom. And honestly, it felt like they... I don't know. I guess they ask you, like, oh, do you want to skip this? Do you want to skip that? Because you played everything already. Right. Like, oh, do you want to skip this tutorial? Do you want to skip that tutorial? And I've been pretty much pressing yes on all of them. And the difficulty, I feel like it kind of stayed constant. It never went from, like, super easy to hard. It's just kind of... Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty balanced. But yeah, as of now, it feels more like a recommendation for only people that have played all the other games so far, but right. it's kind of hard to say if it's worth it for new players. I wonder if Capcom was kind of like, well, Phoenix Wright's gotten big enough on its own, or Ace Attorney's gotten big enough on its own that we could just milk those fans. I mean, obviously, every company wants to expand their fan base, but I wonder if they're like, let's reward those guys as the main focus, and if other people hop on the bandwagon, so be it. Yeah. Like, because the other games are definitely, like, a mass appeal, and this one def- sounds more limited. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like, well, last the last game, they... One of the biggest new things about it was the new character, Athena Sykes, and that right. whole game with like, her whole backstory. Uh-huh. And in this game, so far, it's like she's just kind of there. Oh. So, like, none of the main characters, if you're getting any kind of significant development, it's just they're just getting, like, new... They're just new challenges for them to face. Who does Sonic fan service? Yeah, which is cool. I mean, that's fine for me, but mm-hmm. I feel like for any outside just playing the game, it's like, oh, like... Nothing's really happening too impactful, but we'll see. Right. I mean, like I said, they're building up to something big, but I just see if there's a payoff. Just yet. And if yeah. the payoff isn't great, then it might not be worth your time, but. Right. Yeah. I feel like and it would. sure to us. Yeah. And I know people that have played the game will enjoy the ride. I mean, at the very least, because of all that fan service. But right. that's the thing you need to have. You need to be a fan to get that. So. Yeah. Interesting. I did not expect it to be this. <laughs> and that's a really poorly worded sentence. But I mean, I, I honestly, because Phoenix, right? Like, this is what, the fifth one? Sixth one? Sixth one. Yes, sixth. And I feel like they've, they've done this long enough that I kind of expected it to just kind of be more of the same. It's interesting that they actually changed up I mean, it's the funny. storytelling in such this a is kind of drastic like, way. Well, it's drastic in the sense of like it limits in a lot of ways. Yeah, but it that's like. But that's kind of. That's almost exactly how part four was. Like, even though. Because oh, so they've done this before. Like, even though it was called the Polo Justice, that game was pretty much a Phoenix Wright game. Like, right. it was about Phoenix, and that one, like, Phoenix wasn't an ace attorney. He was just, like, he's, like, a stay-at-home dad, and you're like, what is going on? Like, everything is so different. Like, why is he an ace attorney? Oh, so they have done this before. Like, it was, like, that game, like, pretty much threw the whole thing on its head. Yeah. And, like, for someone that never played the game before, like, all right, I'm following Apollo. Like, who's this Phoenix guy? Like, why is he so important? And, I mean, I guess you kind of get a taste of it later on, but if you've played the other games before, like, you're fully engaged the whole time like wait why is he like why is he a dad all of a sudden why is he basically acting right. like a hobo um, I see yeah like that game like that's why I really like that game has so much I feel like the character developed so much in that one that one felt like a huge jumping point that's why I think right. Apollo if, is just so good yeah and I mean in Japan it wasn't even called Apollo Justice it was just called Ace Attorney 4 like Phoenix Wright 4 right like it was only over here that they made it they tried to give that emphasis probably to Tell people like, oh, you're tired of Ace Attorney because we've had three back to back practically. Here's Apollo Here's Justice. A mix up or not mix up? But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was also the first. Shake up, shake up. It was also the first one made for the DS from the ground up because the other ones were Game Boy Advance. That's ports. right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So like the visuals like got a nice jump, yeah. and now we're back to like 3D for the second time, which it still looks really nice. Like it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. If you get the light setting to about halfway, if you put it too bright, some of the characters get washed out, but. Halfway just looks really... It looks like an animated drawing. It just They just did an awesome job with that. The colors are so nice yeah, and the vibrant. Trailer, I mean, I haven't seen it on actual... No, I did see it on 3DS. Oh, so man. And, 3, and, never mind. But I was like, yeah, it does. It I does mean, whether 
your fan art, like there's like enough like Woodley, like just clever writing, a bunch of puns. I mean, oh man, the, those puns! You thought like I'll be your guide was like one of your favorites. Like there's a guy called Peace, Love, and Understanding. Oh god! <laughs> like they, yeah. Actually, there's probably too many in this one, but yeah, there. Yeah, really... no, I mean, I think it's safe to say that if you enjoy our, a lot, if you if you enjoy our episode titles, like if you're as a regular listener of the show out there like our cheesy episode tiles and the puns we do for those phoenix dry is like us on steroids like yeah it's, so it's, many it almost, puns yeah almost every character has a has a pun name i mean there's like a few exceptions that don't yeah but i mean like yeah athena Sykes, she's a psychology analyst and apollo justice i mean phoenix right i mean they play with that name right for, right right i, I mean, i'm saying in agreement yes right I, correct right I realized I, that was that, that wasn't even conscious, by the way. When you're like Phoenix Wright, I'm like right, 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 right. And this is where the podcast derails completely. Um, anything else you want to say about Phoenix or should um, I do my usual it. plugs? Uh, yeah, I'll just um, finish it, give a verdict next time. I mean, pretty much the bulk of it. That's not all we have next time. Actually, that is all we have next time. <laughs> we don't know. See, Nintendo works in mysterious ways Give us something nintendo. nintendo works in mysterious ways so whatever is between now and next time we'll be back on october 2nd with angel's verdict on uh spirit of justice as well as whatever news there may be and impressions of other stuff we're playing so uh, yeah don't miss on october uh october 2nd easiest way to make sure you get the episode is you can subscribe to us on your podcasting app of choice be it itunes or google play or whatever uh you can also follow us on twitter at ram nintendo you can Follow me and Angel individually on Twitter at at JSR7 for me, at Wero for him. That's W-E-R-R-O underscore O. Uh, we talk games. We talk non-games. We talk, period. So follow us if you'd like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo has shown with Mario Run that they like to do things with... They're very good at the surprise reveal. So, hey, next episode could be interesting or it could not and the only way to find out is to listen october 2nd so we will see you in october um until then i'm gonna leave you peace, with love it. and understanding yeah there we go peace love and understanding and to be clear we mean the character not the concepts <laughs>